movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 157, not just welcome back to another episode, welcome to the final episode of 2021. Uh, 2021 was better than 2022, but let's get out of this hellscape, shall we? Uh, we're saying this is the final episode of this year because next two weeks we're going to take off, um, and then we're going to come back hopefully better than ever in 2022, um, but knowing us, it'll probably be... Just are still slightly below average content that you know and love. But uh, when we come back, we'll have our annual predictions, which mm-hmm. my favorite podcast every year is always our predictions. And we'll talk about yep. last year's predictions, um, how I was wildly off on some stuff and spot on on some other things. Uh, we'll talk about our most anticipated. So that's stuff to look forward to. But, you know, we always need to recharge our batteries because this takes it out of us every once in a while. Dealing with Josh every week is a bit of a headache. And Rude. Josh dealing with me Rude. is a bit of a headache. Josh, okay. how are you doing tonight? I'm chilling, my dude. You know, it's really crazy. I didn't realize that next year is 2022 and last year was 2022 as well. That's crazy. Did you Did you catch that when you did that in the opening? No? All right. Cool, 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 cool. I'm just giving you a hard time, buddy. Um, yeah, no, I'm chilling. It's I uh, I watched Matrix last night because I was like, why not? Oh, the original Matrix. Yeah, original, original Matrix. Um, uh, the the cinema, cinema wins or whatever put. Yeah, put up, he's doing uh, the trilogy. Did, like, the three videos, did the trilogy. And I was like, you know, it really has been a long time since I've seen the original Matrix. It's a good time. I'm down. Yeah, sure, okay, whatever. I know I should watch them. I've only ever seen the original trilogy once, and it's like mm. my, one of my dad's favorite movies. I genuinely don't remember that much about The Matrix because it's been so long since I've seen them. All I remember was getting stuck in my head of there's this big iconic moment where Neo dodges the bullets. The dude still gets shot anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like really cool stuff that like in in like my memory is way cooler and you know what watching this movie as like a 12 year old kid was probably like absolutely mind-blowing but as an adult and there's so much in film that has been affected you know influenced by the matrix since it's uh it's weird it's weird (laughs) it's really weird yeah you watching anything else besides matrix um i watched in one go the full first season of arcane um it's very 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 good uh i would recommend it for anybody even if you haven't played league of legends um it's definitely amplified if you've played the game for a long time but like the show it's very very good um watched four episodes of the now canceled cowboy bebop yeah that's that stings but i I can't say i'm surprised and that, that was the thing too is like it definitely hurts a little bit because I was really, really actually enjoying this show. Um, the jeez, oh, the guy that plays Spike, I can't, uh, John I'm, Cho. He's so good. He's good in everything. So I good. love him yeah. so much. But like, I want, I would watch him do this character forever. It's so cool and so entertaining. Um, all. It, it, are we going to talk about episode four of Hawkeye or? Oh, you know, certain somebody showing up next episode, you know it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've seen the teaser for next episode. 
Oh, no, <laughs> I was talking about somebody much larger, some somebody that Oh, really? If you're on a dartboard, you might be able to stick a pin in it. I hate you. <laughs> That's I mean, I'm kind of expecting sense. him by the end of the show. Uh they're getting close enough to the top that it makes sense. Um Yeah. Uh, it was just cool. Are we dropping spoilers? I guess it's, it's been, been a full week. week. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool to see Yelena. Um, I popped really hard when she uses the, the gauntlets. And I was like, because at that point, you're not really sure. Like, you, everyone has theories, but you're not really sure. You forget and that she's she coming used... after him. Yeah, exactly. And then she uses the gauntlets. And I was like, yo, let's go. I, I started so to cool. piece it together when she when Kate Bishop is in the apartment and he's like, there's somebody else out here. And I was just like, wait, it's kind of late in the game to introduce clones. Oh, it's probably like Yelena. Okay. Which actually I was kicking myself because the first time I watched the episode, um, the lights are flashing and it took me way too long to realize what that was. Yeah. And then upon a rewatch when I watched it with Heather a few days later, I'm going, Oh, Hey, that's a deaf person alarm. I've seen hush like dozens of times. I should know that because hush, that was kind of important. That's how she wins. (laughs) Well, I think the thing too, though, is, um, you wouldn't think about it. Uh, if you also, because we didn't know it was Maya's apartment. So it's kind of like you wouldn't piece that together. Um, but yeah, no, just cool stuff. They've got all kinds of theories, and my mom's actually getting in on it too, which is crazy. That's that's uh, that says something. But like about why Elena didn't kill Clint right then and there, and why she didn't just go ahead and kill um, Haley Steinfeld. Uh, that's that's who it is. Not um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's just interesting. It's really really cool. I'm excited to see <laughs> Florence Pugh. I literally like when everybody was. I popped really hard. For when we were watching it, because we watch every episode as a family, and everyone was like, "What? Who is that? Who is that?" And I was like, "It's up." Uh, I couldn't remember Elena, and I was like, "That's uh, Florence Pew Pew." It's Pew 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 Pew. So, but yeah, which I'm still, you? I'm still gonna be one of those hipsters to just go. I knew about Florence Pew before it was cool. I saw fighting with my family because. <laughs> That was the first thing I ever saw. And then, like, a few months later is when she really started to blow up. I'm just like, y'all slept on fighting with my family. We slept on fighting with my family because the yeah. god-awful commercials. <laughs> Paige here. Paige <laughs> here. I'm getting, I'm getting commercial PTSD. God, I hate that commercial so much. Um, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the reason she kept Clint alive is because, remember, in the end of Black Widow when uh, – I'm just going to call her Elaine because I don't remember her actual name. When Elaine shows her the picture, when shows her the picture, just like, this is your target. It's Hawkeye wearing the Ronin outfit. So maybe Elena's the one that tells the world, hey, I'm not going to kill him. But this is the guy that is Ronin. Have Mm -hmm. fun. Like, Mm -hmm. that would be uncomfortable. Yeah, Uh, because the the moment, too, that that Haley Siley Fool's character pieces together... That Clint is around it. I was like, oh. There's been like this episode and last episode have been like some hard hitting like emotion episode like moments. Which, as much as I love Kate Bishop, 
I think my favorite character in the show is Hawkeye's wife, who is like yes. clearly has some awesome secrets of herself. Like I, I always appreciate in movies when they have realistic depictions of relationships. Like most other shows to just be like, gosh, the kids really wish you were here. If you're better at your job, you'd be with us. Like guilt tripping him the whole time. Instead, this time she's like, I know the dangers this is. You're calling. You're communicating. I get that this is important. Take care of your business. The kids and I will still be here. Like, she's a totally competent wife, like, the leader of the house, and he's just lucky enough to live there. But when he's like, you got some secret information, she does some digging on her own and can speak Russian? I'm sorry. You thought we wouldn't notice that? Yeah. So um, she's the coolest. My, uh, and she's my brother. Velma. Dude, like, what is happening? Like, yeah, so my brother was like, oh, yeah, because they confirmed her as a, as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent a lot, uh, in Civil War. And I was like, Mm-mm. I don't remember that at all. No, they didn't. That, that was a joke that. Tony made. Those are little yeah, agents. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was like, well, I, I, I'm i okay with her not being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. To me, that's just a symptom of having a <laughs> having a husband. That's that Hawkeye. That is hot. Like, so it's, it, it makes sense to me. I'm okay. And she's like literally becoming my favorite character. She's awesome. She's She's super mom, basically. Uh, basically. Again, going through all the Spider-Man stuff, getting ready for Thursday night. Um, so amazing. I can't remember if I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2 last week or not for the pod. Uh, still hate it. Still bad. Uh, Homecoming is yeah. still my favorite. It's still... Oh, it's just so perfect. And then Far From Home is the thing that happens. Let's get into the news. <laughs> yeah. I don't basically. hate Far From Home. I really don't. I just... I don't get the love for it because I was watching a review of it that it's the same guy that like didn't really enjoy Homecoming but loves Far From Home, which really confused me. He's just like, oh, That's Far odd. From Home fixed all the issues of Homecoming. I'm going, no, Far From Home kind of doubles down on the few issues that I had with Homecoming. That's so weird. Like, yeah, that's such a weird take. Yeah, just like they doubled down on the Stark suit and the needing of Tony Stark and living in his shadow and like – the global yeah. scale or basically him not wanting to be Spider-Man. Whereas in homecoming, at least he tries to be a, a small hero, always wanting to help out people like, yeah, far from home. I still am very disappointed with, but if the early reviews of no way home or any indication, I think I'm going to enjoy that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't put this down on the record before, uh, Avengers Endgame came out. I want to, put it out on the record now of like things I want to see in a movie before it comes out. That way, if it does come true, I can be like, ha, see, it was on my wish list and it did come true. <laughs> like I say that because like two or three weeks before Endgame came out, I told Heather, I'm just like, at some point in the MCU, I just need to hear Avengers assemble and I need to hear Cap lift Thor's hammer. So it both happened in the span of like four minutes I genuinely lost my voice, and it was beautiful. And also, I got burned before when Spider-Man Homecoming's first trailer came out. I did a video going, these are the things I want in a Spider-Man movie someday. And in the video, the rough draft of it, I said, I would love to see him with the spider wing someday. And then I cut it out of the video thinking that was too ridiculous and it'll never happen. The first trailer, he gets the freaking wings over the helicopter over the Washington Monument. I'm going, you did what now? Um, so I'm going to put on the record now. I need somebody, preferably Happy Hogan, but again, it doesn't have to be anybody specifically, just somebody to say with great power comes great responsibility. I need Andrew Garfield to be the one that saves MJ 
not Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, I need Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland all be together. That's, but at this point, that kind of feels like the obvious surprise. But yeah. I think there's going to be larger surprises in store. I'm not saying Miles Morales is going to be in this movie, but the odds of him being in it have gone up for me because I saw the people at the red carpet. And while Toby and Andrew weren't there, Shamik Moore was, and he voices Miles in Into the Spider-Verse. I'm going, okay, this to me does not confirm that he's in the movie, but the odds are a little bit higher of it. That being said, Sasha Banks was also at the... At the premiere, and I highly doubt she's in the movie too, because you know. Oh no, no, she's gonna. She's the new MJ. <laughs> she had a dream that she was falling from a tall building. Ooh. <laughs> had a dream yeah. I almost made it, <laughs> then I yeah. got dropped. Jeez. Now, yeah, it's it. I think yeah, the things that are are feel like there's certainties is that Toby and Garfield are gonna show up. I think I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if Miles shows up. I wouldn't be too only because you and I have discussed it. I wouldn't be surprised if an Emma Emma Stone. Um, oh, would I'm, show so- up. I'm sorry I put that into the ether. I know because now, like, if it doesn't happen, and like that moment where her, she, and Garfield have like an interaction, like I'm not emotionally ready for that at all. What if she catches MJ? Oh, stop. Oh, I don't... Like, Andrew. Andrew reaches mm. out for her, but Spider-Gwen saves her instead. Oh, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that at all. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I don't think... Venom's going to show up, but I don't know if it's going to be in this movie. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I-, I think Tom Hardy's Venom will show up. You don't think uh... <laughs> Topher Grace, that seventies Venom? <laughs> no, I need uh, the Japanese Spider-Man to show up with this giant mech robot at the Dude. end, or Penny imagine, Parker. Oh, imagine if uh, Nicholas's Nicholas Cage's as Spider Noir shows up. Imagine, imagine. No joke. I die. You will hear my cries of adulation. <laughs> Not even over a phone or over messenger. You will just hear a distant squeal in the distance. And it'll just go, well, spoiler alert, apparently Cage is in Spider-Man. Because that's an unmistakable squeal. Dude, I'm super excited. I, I, I feel better about getting excited about it now, now that we know that, you know, Spider-Man, this isn't going to be the end of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. This isn't. He's going to have another trilogy, whatever. Now I feel like I can relax and enjoy this movie and not have that in the back of my brain. Um, Although when they, if they end up doing that, it's probably going to be more heartbreaking. Supposedly from all the early reactions, it's a very emotional movie to which I'm just going, so we're going to kill Happy, just like I've been saying for a very long time. Also, I'm just going to put this out in the ether now. Um, Pepper Potts can can she die? Doesn't have to have narrative no. sense. Just have a quick cutaway no. of of Stark Tower blowing up and Pepper inside. Just please. And I know that's cold no. and it has nothing to do with Spider Man. But can we just <laughs> just kill Pepper? No, because... Just kill all the Starks. <laughs> but then who's gonna raise Morgan? 
the streets. <laughs> we like end up having a female a female gangster Iron Man in like a few years. <laughs> oh man! All right, okay. let's, let's talk let's about some trailers. There is a lot of trailers this week, which I thought was a little bizarre. Like, we have the Halo trailer, but we're not going to talk about that this week because that was the definition of a teaser trailer. But um, hmm, a trailer that exists, I'll put it that way, yeah. is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm, I, it's going to take me a while to get used to that name just because I'm always kind of – I don't know why. I'm inclined to go – Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Dumbledore. I'm going. Oh wait, nope. That's merging the last one and this one. Um, mm-hmm. This trailer exists and worries me greatly, uh-huh. because y'all know if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, I hated Crimes of Grindelwald so much. That and Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, what I thought were the two worst movies of the years that they came out. I believe that was 2018 or 2019. Pandemic has kind of messed up my sense of time. Um, I hated Crimes of Grindelwald, and a lot of the issues that I had with that movie don't seem to be alleviated by this trailer. I'm going, okay, Crimes of Grindelwald introduced a whole bunch of new characters and expected me to care about them or you know remember their names this trailer i'm going uh who are you who are you i kind of remember you but oh wait weren't there like one or two other characters that were with new where are they did we swap them out for somebody else mm-hmm. um i will talk about some positives though. there there are some positives in this i thought jude law in Cardinals of Grindelwald was exceptional casting, and I think he's exceptional casting in this trailer too. From the little snippets that we get, I do get the sense that he's a young Dumbledore, minus his fashion choices. Like, yeah, that's always weird. That's always been the weird joke that I absolutely agree with. Is at what point does Dumbledore go from average-looking professor to flamboyant wizard Elton John? Like, <laughs> his wardrobe in this is so normal. And then he goes to Dumbledore that we know and love with a gigantic beard and flowing robes. I'm going, so where's, where's the connecting here? He looks fine. Again, it comes back to Newt. He feels so That's out weird. of place in this. Like, the story is clearly getting too big of it's leading to Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. A matchup that has always sounded interesting. But since they started with Fantastic Beasts, it feels like they kind of have to have Newt in here somewhere because they realize Hufflepuffs were underrepresented in the original stories except for Cedric Diggory. So they're just like, obligatory Hufflepuff. That'll make the fans happy. Just keep sticking him into stuff, whether he belongs there or not. So there's quite a few times that it was just like, okay, here's the Dumbledore story. And then there's the stuff going on with Newt. I don't particularly care about that. Um... One other positive I had, and then we'll get into the rest of the trailer, is whoever they cast as Dumbledore's brother, Aberforth, holy crap, that was spot on. Like, I sometimes fail to see the connection between young Dumbledore and old Dumbledore from an aesthetic and a fashion sense choice. As soon as Aberforth talked and was shown on screen, I'm going... You don't even have to say his name or say that that's Dumbledore's brother. That voice is terrifyingly accurate yeah, and looks absolutely. exactly like a young Aberforth. Granted, Aberforth got really underserved in the movies. He just kind of 
pops up in the final just one. He's just like, oh, hey, yeah. BT Dubs, I'm Dumbledore's brother. And everyone's just going, wait, Dumbledore had a, Dumbledore had a brother? Oh, yeah, that was kind of a big element of the books. But um, run times. But holy crap, whoever did the casting for Aberforth nailed it. That voice nailed. is perfect. That look is perfect. Other castings, um, I like Mads Mikkelsen as an actor. Mm-hmm. I do not envy his position, though, of stepping into the shoes and the controversy that is Johnny Depp. Um, I hate Crimes of Grindelwald and normally not a biggest fan of Johnny Depp as an actor. His Grindelwald was not the issue with that movie, though. His performance was not the problem of the movie. We Granted, we don't see a lot of Grindelwald, but I was at least curious to see what he was bringing to the table, and I don't envy anyone that was brought in to replace him because of the situation that Depp finds himself into. But the easy solution was right in front of their faces, and I don't understand why they went with Mads Mikkelsen. Yes, he's a great actor. He's a great villain type, except for Kaecilius and Doctor Strange. He's just kind of average there. But the easier solution was right in front of your face. Just bring back Colin Farrell from the first one. Because for most of the first movie, Colin Farrell was Grindelwald in disguise with Polyjuice Potion. So I'm just going... Well, just say the Polyjuice Potion either is now a permanent decision and he's Colin Farrell full time, or just say that the Grindelwald, the Johnny Depp version of the Grindelwald, was the Polyjuice Potion version and now he's gone back to his normal version, which is Colin Farrell. Like, why do you have to overcomplicate it? Um, yeah. Josh, what do you think about this trailer? Because it's wet. It's whatever. Yeah, it's so the reason I think it feels wet. Is because it it's technically supposed to be a continuation story of the of the fantastic Fantastic Beasts storyline, right? Um, however, this gives me an idea, and this feels like heist movie with wizards, and that's super interesting to me. Granted, the trailer tra- trailer was still, eh, but the idea of like a heist movie with wizards is super interesting and i don't think i think you can totally get away with that if you don't feel the necessity to always be doing a series of movies i don't understand this i don't like you could have just done um so fantastic beasts and where to find them cool that can be a solo movie just leave it as as is um then just do Crimes of Grim, Crimes of Grindelwald. You can just do that and have it be its own thing, and maybe hit it with a part one, and then do like the the secrets of a Dumbledore, and that's your part two or something. You know what I mean? So I I don't understand the 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 logic of them feeling like they have to do a series. They have to do interconnect in order for these to work they have to be all part of one story it doesn't make sense to me that being said there's certain things that are very interesting about this trailer i the little thing at the end with newt is charming it's very hufflepuff and i i don't mind it uh it does feel out of place in this trailer um giving the muggle a uh, wand for what seems like no reason I, makes no sense. I am not a fan of that. So I understand like, that Jacob's character is the audience surrogate. He's supposed to be the, the villain so that we can get exposition through him. But that's a little too blatant of an audience 
surrogate type of, all right, well, the audience has always wished that they had a wand, right? Well, this audience yeah. standing character is getting, do you get that he, he's supposed to represent you guys? I'm going, have you really, JK, you grew up these books with us and it treated us like adults by the end of these books. Are we really going back to treating us like idiots again? And yes. the problem is, this is the middle movie. These are supposed to be five movies. And I'm going, Harry Potter, she knew what the ending was going to be and already had four okay. books by the time the first movie came out. So we already kind of knew the roadmap. This, I feel like it's in typical Warner Brothers fashion. Each passing movie is a retcon of steering the ship in a different direction of over course correcting so we get more hogwarts in this than we sh really need to we get more references and you're just like oh crap we need to do more stuff that people are familiar with instead of you know just mapping out your story and streamlining it because there was so much stuff with crimes grindelwald that made it so bloated and i'm the issue is I firmly believe that this is the last shot for this series. Not saying for the Harry Potter franchise, but for Fantastic Beasts as a yeah. title. You, I think Crimes of Grindelwald was that damaging to the brand and lost them so much money. But also, the first Fantastic Beasts, while I don't particularly enjoy it, it did okay, but not Harry Potter numbers. The returns on these movies have not been very strong. Like, they've been steep declines. So I really think this is the last shot for this. Also, it's very interesting to keep in mind the larger ramifications of this. Universal in Orlando is building a new park. And so far, the two parks each have their own respective Harry Potter areas. And, of course, there will probably be a new Harry Potter area in this new park, too. In the early days, the rumors were it, it was going to be Fantastic Beasts related. Interesting now that those rumors are the exterior will be Fantastic Beasts, but inside the rides will be classic Harry Potter themed. I would not be surprised at all if Universal themselves is keeping an eye on this movie going, if it does well, push forward with it being Fantastic Beasts. If it doesn't, scrap it and make it a Harry Potter, a third section that's modern day Harry Potter, which would be very smart. This is Fantastic Beasts started on shaky ground and it's only gotten worse, I think. It's it's starting Jenga with only two pieces as your foundation, basically, yeah. going from there and it's only gotten worse, I think, for the franchise. Yeah, no, I agree. I and like I personally kind of enjoyed the first one. I thought the concept of somebody it didn't make sense why he was looking for animals and stuff like that, and that was just like shoved in the middle of this story that Ezra Miller happened to be a part of. It was it was just such a weird, weird convoluted tale that I would love to go to a section of a park and it be quote unquote fantastic beast related and it really is just a walkthrough of the man, man of like the magical animals i'm okay with that that would be cool uh but like i don't know if this deserves it and it's just i i just hope that universal and one rose don't see how these movies have been performing and go oh okay that means people aren't interested in the harry potter world they aren't interested in the, the in magical movies granted they're coming out with that 20, 20 was it a 20th anniversary yeah uh, trailer show. i think the trailer comes out whenever this podcast episode will come out yes so i'm excited 
about that. And I think that will show that people do have a love for this this IP, but it's just not Fantastic Beasts. Even yeah. though I say that knowing on my desk I have uh, <laughs> Dumbledore's wand from these movies. <laughs> also, it'll be interesting to keep in mind that this will be the first Fantastic Beast movies to come out since all the massive J.K. Rowling controversies. Mm-hmm. So I guarantee you that will also hurt their bottom line because you have a whole bunch of diehard Potterheads that will boycott this movie because of some stuff that she has stated. I won't be seeing this movie because the last one was bad. Like the leash for this movie, the leash for this movie is so short. And I, after how bad the last one was, I'm just like, no, you got to win me back. Just like Jurassic world will probably have to win me back. But Mm -hmm. I think I'm not as emotionally invested in Jurassic world that I'm willing to forgive. Like it didn't burn me as bad as much. I, as much as I hated crimes of Grindelwald and fallen kingdom, like, it felt more personal, even though it shouldn't, for yeah. Hearts of Grindelwald. I'm just going, well, also, Jurassic World makes stupid decisions in Fallen Kingdom, but it never breaks its own rules. They're stupid rules, but they don't break their own lore. Yeah. Crimes of Grindelwald just goes, oh, hey, you remember Harry Potter lore? Screw you. We're going to have McGonagall in this, even though she technically hasn't been born yet. Or, hey, we're just going to have people apparate into Hogwarts. I'm going... You you can't, can't apparate into Hogwarts. That. It's the safest place on Earth besides Gringotts. Ain't no safer place except for Hogwarts, maybe. Like, JK doesn't care, so why should I care anymore is kind of the stance mm-hmm. I have, unfortunately, with this franchise right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's something I've, I, I, have, I haven't really said much, but I have been writing a book. and But, like, whenever it involves magic... You have to have rules, and you have to stay stand by those rules in order for the world to make sense. So, like, any time you just go, nah, we're going to do whatever I want. Like, magic is not you, uh, a story point in which you which gives you the, the ability to do whatever you want. That's not how that works. You don't get to get out of tough situations and be like, whoop, magic. magic. Like, that does, that's not how that works. So magic isn't always the answer, but sometimes speed is. So let's talk about a much better trailer, Ooh. like a Ooh. surprisingly good trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I'll be honest, I don't mind the first one. It's it's fine. Yeah. It was yeah. better than it had any right to be, but it, it but by no means was like the best movie I saw that year. Like I kind of lumped that and Dora together of mm-hmm. you should not be as good as you are, but I lean a little bit more towards Dora than Sonic. Um, I still have my conspiracy theory that the whole terrible Sonic design was intentional and it was, a cons- and it, the studio was always going to go with the design that we ended up getting, which speaking of the Sonic design, did they change it again for this movie? It feels I little, think they the eyes, up, yeah. the eyes feel different, but also it looks like there's more color to Sonic himself. Yeah, he um, looks a little bluer, which is totally fine with me. Oh, uh, I like color and vibrancy, especially with brightly colored video game characters. This trailer looks so much fun and just feels like classic Sonic. Like there's certain not lines of dialogue but sound elements that were missing from the first one like when he's rolling in place that engine rev up noise or the sound of the coins or when he bops something like those iconic sega sounds you're just like oh, oh, 
I'm getting touched in nostalgia and I like it. Um, and then you get Tails, which it makes me happy that they did the anti-Chris Pratt Mario thing, which I'm not against that casting actually, but the anti-Chris Pratt Mario casting and not just get the biggest names available for Tails. They get the actual Tails voice actor. That goes a long way in going, cool. That's that's what I'm familiar with. Um, I'm also not the biggest fan of Jim Carrey, but his Dr. Robotnik looks a lot better this time around. It looks closer to Dr. Robotnik, although he's like a quarter of the size of Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> like He's well, not big yeah. yet, but maybe we're getting there. You can't you can't get fat on a planet that you're just trying to survive on. So Yeah, maybe. But then we oh. get to No joke. Always has been. My favorite Sonic character, Knuckles. Absolutely. I was very hesitant of the Idris Elba casting. I was just like this this is gonna be weird. And then he shows up. Who says I need your power? Oh, Sonic, meet Knuckles. I'm going, yes, let's meet Knuckles. Let's go, boy. This feels fun. This is what a Sonic movie up. This is the type of Sonic movie that I'm looking for. Not just a hop 2.0 because James Marsden is talking to a fuzzy thing. Like this feels like a Sonic movie through and through. It looks, (laughs) did you never make that connection? (laughs) No, I just, it's one of those, like, I've heard the joke, but like, we've never said it out loud. And it's, yeah, because it is, it's a running gag that James Marsden, he just like, he just does movies with inanimate objects and that's that's it <laughs> okay so last movie it was clearly sponsored by olive garden is this one going to be sponsored yes. by chilies like because nah, knuckles applebee's. is red <laughs> applebee's <laughs> i feel sonic in this applebee's <laughs> oh dude i just okay simple things too like so look at the this the 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 poster like Dr. Robotnik legit like sitting in one of those his little floating chair that he directs you know uh, the the robots from like him coming down in an egg shaped spaceship is huge I like I popped so hard for that and his mustache actually like looking right I was like yes awesome and just Knuckles I'm glad that they they balanced uh, the design between what he currently is in animation and what he like the Sonic X. I was about to say he style. feels very Sonic X to me. He does, but like bigger Sonic X. Like in he's not this like scrawny small guy that it doesn't make sense why he oh he can punch stuff cool, but he's also not like juiced up Sonic from the most recent Sonic show. Have yeah. you ever see that? Dude, this is terrifying. I'm not a fan. <laughs> so, but Tails is great, and Tails is one of those ones that get are tough to do. That his voice can be annoying. And not as my. Still, no. The worst video, the most annoying character though of all time is still either Baby Mario in Yoshi's Island, or Slippy from Star Fox. Help me, Fox! Mm. Nope, I'm just gonna let you die this round. You're an I, idiot, see, Slippy. Better be a, better be a pilot. I don't know, man. And even in the Sonic X days, like his voice could be kind of grating. It's up there with Amy's, and I'm really not looking. That is the only character I'm not looking forward to. Ever oh, you want just up. a human love interest instead? I don't. You want Sonic a... doesn't need a love interest. 
You want a uh, Sonic 2006 situation? Why can't no? Why can't we stop? If, <laughs> if this turns into a B movie, I'm gonna be mad, and not like a the letter B, but like. Hey, you want to go fast? <laughs> oh no, sir! <laughs> I just don't get why they can't be like three best friends. You know what I mean? Like I don't the get three it. best friends. That friends anyone could have. Anybody could have. Uh, also, Tails has his plane, and it's like legit the plane, and like I, dude, like you said, the first one it was better than it had any right to be, and I'm still to this day being like, yeah, you should see Sonic. It's a good time. Um, this trailer looks like I was caught off guard because it was like, I, yeah, was like, oh, I, I, by the middle of it, I was like, I'm surprised at how like excited i am for this movie and then the knuckles thing happened it was like oh now i'm super excited i I might actually make an effort to go see this in theaters so is it the second one or like the third or the fourth when we jump the shark and turn sonic into a werewolf or (laughs) sure we've got knuckles now is it too much to ask for at some point in the near future to get shadow because shadow's next yeah, I think Shadow just is so cool. I need Shadow. He's just because they're they use this to introduce the Chaos Emeralds. And Shadow is literally created from Shadow uh, from uh Chaos Emeralds. Excuse me. So it makes sense. It only makes sense that Shadow would be next after this. So, uh just like we did with the Spider-Man thing, uh, my bucket list of oh my gosh, I need this is I would like at some point in either this Sonic movie or one of the future Sonic movies, he's in that, um, like, one of those, like, bright fields that you see in the games. I don't know, like, the maps very well. No, no, um, no. I, was, I was laughing because I was like, I never thought that you and I would get to the point where we're like, all right, this is my wish list for a Sonic movie. Like, that's not a conversation I ever thought that we would have, but here we are. No, I want this of in one of, like, the maps of... Like how in Amazing Spider-Man 2, we get the uh, POV web swinging. I want yes. POV of Sonic running, like doing the loop, hopping yes. over stuff, going into ball form quick. Like, I think that would be super fun to, not for the whole movie, but just for like a quick little 30 second POV shot. Kind of like the speeder bikes in Return of the Jedi, getting a view through the trees and seeing something at hyperspeed could be so fun. Like a quick silver scene, but instead of looking at him, we are him. I think that. Oh, now that I've said That'd it, that'd be fun. Oh, do it, do it, do it's it, do it. That or like a orchestral version of the Sonic X theme song. Because <laughs> oh. you need you need a good Sonic theme, and there you go, man. Either that or like the 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 uh, title screen of the original game. But that's the opening credits for this movie, dude. I would pop so hard. I, I, it's just so amazing to me that we're in a place, movies-wise, where legitimately anything can happen, and like, it can be good. Like, oh, dude, I'm so, I'm so happy about. It. Speaking of anything can happen. Yeah, speaking of anything can happen in movies nowadays, we're getting a Nicolas Cage movie about Nicolas Cage as a character. As a person portrayed by the real Nicolas Cage. If it sounds confusing, it's probably because it, it it is a little bit. So in the unbearable weight of massive talent, and yes, that's the actual name of the movie, <laughs> the real Nicolas Cage Love it. is hard on money. He's strapped for cash, you know. 
like the real Nicolas Cage. Cage was. And so Neil Patrick Harris tells him about this opportunity that a rich guy, played by Pedro Pascal, is offering him a million dollars just to hang out with him as Nicolas Cage because he's a Nicolas Cage super fan. This movie has actually been on my radar since the beginning of last year when it first got announced because I'm going, the concept of this is so bizarre. And also, Josh and I have advocated for Nicolas Cage for the longest time and so many people have slept on him. And I feel like this movie's going to lean into that because you get Tiffany Haddish and that guy that's in a whole bunch of comedies. Like, uh, wasn't he in like Blockers or something like that? Um and they're all just like, yeah, I used to love Nicolas Cage in, like, The Rock and Con Air. And I'm just going, uh, have you not seen him in anything for the past ten years? Like, he's been in some great stuff. Like, Nicolas Cage is great. Don't just say his old stuff. Talk about his current stuff, too. And yeah. so, like, come on now. Uh, but so he shows up, and it's just Nicolas Cage pretending to be himself goofing off with Pedro Pascal. At one point, there's a gigantic dummy of him with the two guns from um, from Face Off. And she's like, yeah. it's so grotesque. Offer you $20,000 for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so oh, dumb. Dude. But I have a sneaking suspicion that this will be the less serious version of Honey Boy. Of like... Yeah. The movie will start as, oh, it's Nicolas Cage. It's so funny to be Nicolas Cage. And then as the movie progresses, it will kind of be a love letter to Nicolas Cage and kind of his just like a – it's not as – I'm not always okay with people seeing me as the crazy Nicolas Cage. Like I'm still a person. I still have yeah. issues that I've had to work through. Um, I could absolutely see that movie, this movie taking that turn and I'm very much looking forward to it. That and when Nicolas Cage wants to be funny, he's wicked funny. And Pedro Pascal is wicked funny. Wicked and this, funny. this, I think is going to balance that line carefully of dumb humor. Cause there's some dumb jokes in this one. They're, they're high and they're trying to get over the, the wall. You're heavier than you look. I have a big head. <laughs> he drops <laughs> falls on his head. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Mr. Cage, I guess we could have walked around the, well, yeah, I guess we could have. Like, or like what what he says when he first meets Pedro Pascal's character on the dock. I'm not gonna <laughs> screw like, your wife. Uh... I'm not gonna watch you screw your wife. I'm not gonna do whatever to this Javi guy. What's your name? Javi. Uh... Like bows to him. <laughs> like it is. I I do think this is gonna go full Honey Boy, and I'm really ready for it. I I feel like this would be the opportunity to for Nicolas Cage to tell his story of like, hey, like I was really down on my luck for a long time financially and I had to do a lot of crappy movies in order to just pay the bills. And then or, that kind of became my thing. Or like I am aware that some of these movies are bad. That being said, mm-hmm. I love making movies because that's often yes. been what Nicolas Cage says, even about his bad movies. He's just like, I love the creative process. I love just being in movies. And I think people make fun of him for that. They're like, he just loves being in movies. Isn't that funny? I'm like, are you just mad that he gets to be in whatever movie he feels like? Yeah. Like, what's so wrong about him being in so many movies? And we're not yeah. just saying that as big Nick Cage fans. It's just like, I think so many people just see, oh, yeah, Nick Rick, Nick Cage is a great action star back in the day. Yes, he's been in a lot of low-budget stuff. But he's still really good in a lot of stuff. Like, I'll talk about it later for our discussion. 
he's so good in Pig. Or this year alone, he's got three wildly different movies. He's got Willy's Wonderland. He's awesome in that without saying a word. Pig, completely opposite of Willy's Wonderland, of a sad, dramatic character piece. Then follows that up with Prisoners of the Ghostland, a balls-to-the-wall nuts movie where he has explosive to his nuts, essentially. Um... And it's a Shutter exclusive, like one of those type of weird sci-fi-esque type movies. Sci-fi channel, not the genre. And he's willing to try everything. And that's awesome. I don't get the people making fun of Cage. It, I think at times, yeah. Nicolas Cage, it comes across, and I don't know if people intended or not, as mean-spirited. Like, yeah. he's having fun. I enjoy when Nick Cage is having fun because I'm having fun. Not ironically, I see this as he's a different actor than a lot of others. He is fearless. He's having fun. I'm not saying he's Tommy Wiseau of acting. He's much better than that. But yeah. Tommy Wiseau is fearless. Nicolas Cage is fearless. I appreciate that. That's one of my, He's one of my favorites, completely unironically. And this is a project that I've been excited for because it feels like an idiotic love letter in the best sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, it just feels like this says everything that I love in a Cage movie. It's ridiculous Cage antics. His, like, the the bow thing makes no sense, but I love it. There's just... It, it kind of gives I me think, a sense that that, like, might actually be how he would greet me. Oh, I, without a doubt, think that's how he greets people. Honestly, just ask, like, anytime you have any questions if Nick Cage is really that this wild in real life... Go ask uh, Elijah Wood. His his interview on um, First We Feast for Hot Ones. He talk he they talk about Nicolas Cage very briefly when he, him and his that movie they did called The Trust, which I still recommend to this day. It's just like it was just one of those like most surreal moments. So he's like, wow, that's I'm acting with the Nick Cage. Like that's so cool. You know what I mean? So it just I I don't think that you and I are are spitting hyperball hyperball. Hyperbole. I do that every time and not even on purpose. Um, Doing hyperbole in that, like, Nicolas Cage is genuinely one of the most entertaining human beings on the face of the planet. I'll watch it. And I'm I'm literally going to go watch either Pig or Willy's Wonderland after this because I realized I hadn't watched it. But yes. Both of them are great. I think you'll enjoy both, but mm, for wildly different reasons. I, like, even just thinking about, like, Nick Cage doing, like, like, you and I love him for, like, wicker man and um drive angry but then he did a movie what was that joe joe Joe, i've heard it's phenomenal and it's super it was i had to like stop it because i was not in the headspace i was expecting like a typical cage movie but it is like gritty and he he's acting really well in it and it's, i was not ready for it but it's just i think again he's putting in good performances but people don't want to put in the effort to find them Yes, because they see it's, oh, that's just Nick Cage. He's just crazy. He's like, honestly, dude, he's been putting out bangers for the past five, ten years. He's already getting awards consideration for Pig, and darn right, he's dude, awesome. I love it. If if Lamb can be considered a, a serious movie, I see no reason why uh, Pig cannot be taken seriously. Now, some news that kind of just... Came out of nowhere. They just felt like dropping it. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not like a diehard video gamer. I, I play quite regularly, but I'm not like a 
the biggest game person. So I yeah. completely missed my radar that the video game awards were this past week. And obviously with the video game awards, there's going to be some big announcements. And we had not one, not four, but three big announcements Rick, in sir. particular. Not one, not two, but three. Not but four, three, sir. Three, counting to three. But three, I'm sure there's more than three, but three big titles of note that I was not expecting at all. They just kind of came out of nowhere because they're massive IP-related projects. We're getting a new Star Wars game, Star Wars Eclipse. Josh is still broken. I'm sorry. I just I have the whole holy hand grenade scene going in my head right now. It is just such a good time. I'm sorry. Keep, keep going. I'll, I'll so we have <laughs> Star Wars Eclipse coming, which probably has the best trailer of all these that we'll talk about. A new Wonder Woman game and a Texas Chainsaw game from the makers of the Friday the 13th game. Uh, we'll start with the Texas Chainsaw one. I'm conflicted. Because I both love and hate the Friday the 13th game. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a love letter to the Friday the 13th genre, and it's fun. I hate it because it's the buggiest game I have ever played. Oh my god. Like, it's fun, but it's fun in spite of the bugs. It is ridiculous how buggy this game is. Granted, they dropped support for it for a long time, and they could never quite figure out all the bugs. However, I'm not as worried about that for this because they were they will have more funding this time around. They will have more yeah. resources. Like Friday the 13th was never intended actually to be a Friday the 13th game. It was just supposed to be a slasher game that they found out they can get the rights for and then that kind of blew up in their face when the whole Friday the 13th legal battle happened. Whereas there's no legal battle currently going on for Texas Chainsaw. So that shouldn't be an issue here. Um, I like the concept of Friday the 13th type games, whether it's Friday the 13th, uh, Predator Hunting Grounds, Dead by Daylight especially is like the go-to name for these type of movies, or dare we bring up the cursed name that is Evolve. Oh God. Um, but I, that's a good idea in concept. Um, so I'm excited to see this. That being said, I don't know if there'll be as much variety in the game as there was with Friday the 13th. Like, Friday the 13th had literally every Jason available to you. Whereas this, Killer's basically Leatherface. Like, I know the other members of the family will be there. And it kind of goes without saying for me, sure, this is cool. But when we heard that Friday the 13th wasn't getting support anymore and we might be getting a new horror franchise... Texas Chainsaw was not the one that I was hoping to get. I was hoping we were going to get a Halloween game that from the guys that made Friday the 13th. Because put the exact same mechanics for Friday the 13th in. Instead of Jason, it's Michael. Get all the different skins because Michael has changed his look wildly. Like if Josh wanted to play his Halloween Resurrection Michael Myers where you can see his eyes and maybe have Busta Rhymes in it. Dude, say and, less. And Friday the 13th, you can get power up characters if you do enough tasks you can come in as tommy jarvis say in halloween if you get enough power-ups you can come in as either laurie strode from 2018 or halloween h2o or dr loomis as your power-up character and you can shoot you would need to shoot michael six times in order to escape 
Or you can play as Laurie's regular character. You got Lindsay Wallace, Tommy Doyle. Maybe maybe not them when they're kids because, you know, child slaughter. But Rachel from part four. Um, maybe bring back Daniel Harris as an adult because she was in the Rob Zombie ones. I really wish it was Halloween instead. That being said, I'll still check out this game because I like the concept of those one versus many type games. Josh is, does not give a crap because it's Texas Chainsaw. It's Texas, yeah. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I could care less. It like literally, literally, I would take a Friday the Thirteenth game over a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I've and never, that's that's saying so because I don't like Friday the Thirteenth. I've never asked you. Have you played any of those like one versus many games like Predator or Friday the Thirteenth? I I dude I played uh, uh Dead by Day Dead by Oh yeah Daylight. you and I used to play that Yeah every once in a while I and was then like you sucked I got at in it on like the the beta and stuff like that Well we sucked at it cuz it was just me versus you No 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 It yes. was bad because it was just you and me and you'd be like oh hey look a pumpkin and I would just go hey hey I know exactly where you are don't tell like, me where you're at No <laughs> Yeah You're just no, like oh I, look, I hear this you. map looks pretty I'm right here and I'm going <laughs> You can't blame, but like, yeah, like the, but the thing is too, Dead by Daylight has done a really good job integrating people like Michael Myers, like Leatherface is in Dead by Daylight, mm-hmm. Pyramid Head, like all these really like iconic ones, uh, character, h- horror characters, but it just like what, what it, it, so this is supposed to be like in the same vein as, as Friday the 13th, like, like hopefully less buggy. Yeah, like, or night. Sorry, I I misspoke. I would prefer a Nightmare on Elm Street game over this. And you know how much I don't like the Nightmare on Elm Street. Actually, I don't think I did know that. Yeah, no, I hate it. I don't think it's good. Um, but and you know, I in, in my in the audience, I got a bunch of people that I'm losing my my horror creds with. But I just to me, if you're gonna do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And do that as a game, I feel like you've got it's better to do it like a single player. Like, I know multiplayer games are all the rage these days, but like, do it as a single player game where you are actively running from it from Leatherface. Like, that's the whole point of the game. Like, I just I feel maybe, and maybe it's because I, I much prefer single player adventure games, but like, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's missing. You're kind of sliding yourself and cutting yourself short. When you're just like, no, this is going to be multiplayer only. I mean, yeah, I, I do wish Dead by Daylight had an offline mode. Yeah, like, and like, think about um, games like Dead Space. Dead Space has an incredible single player campaign, and it has a equally, it had an equally, equally awesome multiplayer mode. So I just, I think it's Texas Chainsaw. I'm not interested in it already, and then you're just going to do the same game that's already been done twice it's just that's boring and stupid to me i just whatever so we also get wonder woman but we didn't get a lot of info from that so i mean i'm interested in that i think i think it's cool that we're finally getting a wonder woman game even if i'm still mad that rock city superman game got canceled because i think that could have been fun um yeah wonder woman was essentially just a tease so we don't really have much to go off of that the Star Wars trailer I'm conflicted about uh, yeah. because, first of all, the music is outstanding of that beat slowly picking up more and more and more. Was it just me or visually did it look 
like it's from all kinds of different eras, so I couldn't really get a sense of when it was. I'm just like, wait, that looks kind of prequel-esque. No, but that, then that kind of looks like sequel trilogy-esque. Then, then that kind of looks more original trilogy. When is this set? Like, I know it's supposed to be set in the High Republic era, but I see. But like, I know absolutely nothing about this. So like, that's all I, I know. It's High Republic. Yeah. So like, I saw the trailer and was like, "Cool, cool music, great cinematic, like beautiful, beautiful." Probably won't be the graphics of the game, but whatever. Um, oh, I don't know. PS Five is a thing now. Uh, kind of, not really. Um, hey, you can get it in purple now. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, you know, when I can get it, and it's <laughs> yeah. not for those like ten people <laughs> that have a PS Five, you can get it in different color sides now. But That's everyone so... else is going. Can we get more in stock, please? Not nope, we get more color options for those that have it. Yeah, that's just stupid. That's a, that's a whole rant for another day. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. There's a lot of stuff in, in this trailer. I was like, I don't know when or where we are in the Star Wars universe. There's um. There's that, I always see art of a very specific bounty hunter. Um, he's got like a cowboy hat and stuff like, but he's, he's like, there's a character in this trailer that looks a lot like him without the cowboy hat. And I was Cat like, Bane? maybe he's got the, he's the alien with the big eye, the big yeah, black Cat eyes. Bane and he's and got the cowboy the, hat. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a character that turns around in this trailer that looks like a, a lot like Cad Bane. And it was like, Ooh, okay. That could be fun. But I, I, I just don't know what, what we're doing here. It's, it's not like squadrons where I could be like as hard as squadrons is to play. Um, yeah. Steep it's, learning it's curve not on that like, one. Yeah. It, but it's not like I can look at it. I can look at squadrons and know exactly, excuse me. It knows exactly what I'm getting. I know exactly what era I'm in, I know exactly what, what you know what I'm in for, and I mean even with Last Order, um, is that right? Yeah, that's Fallen right. Order. Fallen Order, same thing. Last yeah. Order. The last time I went to McDonald's, it was my last order. <laughs> no, but Fallen Fallen Order. Sorry, uh, you know exactly where, when, and where it is in the timeline. Um, yeah, and just saying High Republic era doesn't necessarily mean anything when you've basically thrown out the entire extended universe. You know what I mean? So like we have no necessarily And like, the only higher republic stuff that we've gotten timeline. are comic books and some yeah, books. Exactly. Like we haven't gotten a lot of mainstream stuff. Like higher republic I've heard there's some good material in there but so far I consider higher republic a failure because it hasn't really penetrated into the mainstream really like it's yeah. just us diehards have heard of it but i can't tell you much about it and if i ask my parents who are definitely more of casual stars fans the og generation i don't think they would know what the high republic is or have any yeah. recollection of what it is so we'll we'll see what happens again if, if those are i know it's a cinematic so i'm t definitely taking it with a grain of salt but if the game actually looks like that, I'm going to play it no matter what. <laughs> now, lastly, it's one that when I first read the headline, I wasn't that interested. And then I read the rest of it and I was going, this makes so much sense that I'm actually surprised no one's done this before. 
So I'm not the biggest Phantom of the Opera fan. Um, I still kind of technically count him as a universal monster, even though he really isn't. But he's kind of... He's the guy that gets grandfathered in. Uh, yeah, we'll count you, whatever. But apparently we're getting a new Phantom of the Opera movie set in modern-day New Orleans. And I'm going, you know what? That actually kind of really, really makes sense to me. Because maybe you incorporate some of the mysticism and voodoo elements that are so... No, well known in the New Orleans area. That's kind of like part of the mythology and the lore. Setting it in modern time, I know opera is in the name, but maybe it's Phantom of the Opera with a jazz twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that could be a really interesting update. Or well, yeah, an opera could just be him living in an opera house. It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be about opera music. Um, yeah, but I'm with you. Like I was like, okay, new, new Phantom of the Opera movie, whatever. But in a modern day in New Orleans, that's an interesting take. That's yeah, cool. I take like out that. New Orleans. Take out New Orleans, and I don't think I'm that interested. Correct. But put New Orleans in there with the voodoo. But also, if you're setting it in modern day, maybe it's just, and maybe it's weird that my mind goes to this, but maybe you could absolutely play on the whole race factor mm-hmm. of the history that could be implemented with New Orleans of maybe there's some cultural relevance to it, which I would not be surprised given who's involved with it. I know John Legend is one of the producers on this, so maybe we get factor in some race, which was not really prevalent in the first one. In fact, Phantom of the Opera is often known for how white it really is. There's only one character of color, and he's really not a factor in it. Um so I think that could be a very interesting take to have of maybe the Phantom is a very much older person that had to ex- endure a lot of prejudice and maybe his disfigurement was caused by mm. racial injustice, not born with it, but maybe caused by the evil of the world, so to speak. Yeah. And maybe, mm. I, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think... There's definitely like a lot more deeper stories to tell here than there would be if they say they tried to remake Gerard Butler in Phantom of the Opera. Which credit credit to Gerard, he can have fun at his own expense for that. He's talked in interviews before that he's just was it the Wired autocomplete interview. He's just like, does Gerard Butler sing in Phantom? If you read the remarks on the internet, yes, yes, in fact, I do. Like he can poke, <laughs> fun, he can poke fun at himself. He can poke fun at himself for that movie, which I've always appreciated when actors can poke fun at themselves. Like he knows that he's just like, yes, I did sing. I don't know if I sung well, but I sung. Um, like <laughs> I appreciate that. We can confirm it was not well, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this definitely just like offers more interesting story ability to tell more interesting stories than if you were just to just bring it back which is i think to me why i liked invisible man the the remake they just did was it wasn't like all right let's try to do this in the 50s again or whatever you know what i mean it was okay what would that look like in a modern context let's take the basis of this character what does that look like and to me that's more interesting than trying to remake something that there have been countless renditions of 
and I know some people love like that area of the era of, of film, that black and white, that style of cost costuming. I, it doesn't interest me. It's too, we think it's too, it's been done too much and it doesn't I, I, give me something new that I can stick my teeth into. And if you're going to go back to that era, give me a reason why you're staying there and not going somewhere else. Yeah. Also, um, Maybe it's just because of how aesthetically I view New Orleans is. I've always thought New Orleans was beautiful looking, but a hint of creepy. I need this to be scary again. Like, Phantom of the Opera is not necessarily a horror movie, but there's horrific elements to it that are a little creepy and unsettling. I would like to get back to those type of story elements to Phantom of the Opera. Make it scary. Make it creepy, so to speak. Like, not necessarily the scariest movie out there, but... The Gerard Butler one is the only thing scary about that is his singing. Like I need actually singing scariness to it. Okay, so let's let's take take a ride with me here. Take take a ride. Um, what if they go full crow on this Phantom of the Opera? He, so still keep it where he's deformed and stuff like that, but like. He is this creepy. I don't want to use the word vigilante because this is kind of like the thing no. that he does. Because if we get you know into I mean? vigilante, we're getting too close into love never dies territory, and yeah, no thank you. And it just, uh, yeah, the, we don't want to like, be reminded like, of that. Which, yes, people, yeah. I did just make a love never dies reference in 2021. I'm culture, <laughs> dang it. I just, I like the idea of, I just see this shot of him on the roofs of, I don't know, Bourbon Street or something like that. And like some coat flowing in the wind and him like, I, I, I haven't decided if I want, I personally would want this to be a musical, but like, I just like the idea of the fan of a Phantom of the Opera character in New Orleans. There's just so much, yeah, just so much you could do there. Sterling K. Brown as the Phantom. Because <laughs> he already has singing so are, experience with fan, with Frozen Two. So are we going? So we are, you you do want him to be like of color? Then? I do. I think that would be a okay. really interesting story element. Yeah. No, I agree. Bring I diversity agree. to monsters. Oh yes. Because the a lot of the Universal monsters, and I'm not again, Phantom of the Opera. I don't often think of, but kind of is. It's very white. And mm-hmm. I think New Orleans, its history is very diverse. And I would like to tap into that aspect of New Orleans history. Yeah. 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 I'm done. I got nothing else to say about that. I mean, it's, it's one of those things like the idea of it is very, very interesting to me. And I'm super here for it. Like if we ever did uh, a werewolf, we do have a werewolf. Movie we do. Coming, but, but, but if it, if it happens, if it takes place on the side of a mountain in rural America or like in the woods over in Europe, like it just, that's not interesting to me. So as per usual, our sponsor is T public. The only place where you can get uncharted media merch. Check it out. We've got a whole bunch of shirt designs. If you want to rep the shirt, uh, rep the show in any way, wear it on a, sure drink it out of a mug write it down on a notepad whatever you're feeling and you want it with uncharted media logo on it t public is the place to do it now let's dwell on the year that was as is our annual tradition we look back on the best and the worst of 2020 or 
2021, whatever the given year was, year was, I'm just stumbling on my words, but this year was interesting for movies because I don't know about you, Josh, but it felt like the the movie theaters and box office were like kind of tiptoeing of like, well, we don't know if we're back to normal or not yet. So like none of the big movies, except for Spider-Man No Way Home, I think that's part of the yeah. reason why I'm so excited for this is because that feels big. Not a lot of other movies this year like feel big like there, we had some big movies but it felt like yeah, theaters were kind of like testing right, the yeah. waters whereas 2022 is will be the full return uh, huh. any unforeseen circumstances coming yeah. but um yeah just general thoughts what did what did you think about this year movie wise i mean movie wise i thought i i thought i saw a lot more than i did um come to realize i saw a lot i didn't see a lot of new movies this year i think is the key um there's a lot i mean i was going through lists of, of movies that came out this year and it, i was like oh 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 yeah that's like and like uh in making this list it was one of those realizations that oh man the list of movies i need to see from this this year is a lot longer than the movies that i did see so it I feel even though this was a tough year, there's a lot of really good and like not, maybe not quote unquote big movies, maybe not. And I think that's tough to uh, uh, compare scale when it's Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, the end of a series like coming up at the end of this year in comparison to something like Gunpowder Milkshake or Snake Eyes or even really like something that we had been waiting for with uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Like there's a lot of, there was a lot of really cool stuff that came out this year. And I mean, I saw like a bit of it. (laughs) There's some good stuff. I I think overall, I would say more good movies came out this year than bad. Yeah, it it did feel like we had more than 2020, obviously, but it still did feel kind of thin in terms of movie Mm -hmm. releases. so before we go into the best and the worst of this year, unlike some other, almost any other media-related, movie-related thing out there, I'm going to hold myself accountable for stuff and call myself out when I mess things up and also pat myself on the back when I get things right. So every year we do our predictions. Uh, this year, Josh was taking a sabbatical mental health break. Um when we were doing our predictions at the beginning of this year. So it was Michael who's joined us for a couple episodes. Um, great friend of the show. He and I did our predictions. Michael, you suck at predictions. But to be <laughs> fair, there's quite a few big whiffs that I take and a whiff in every sense of the word. So we're going to go over those real quick just to see for 2021 what we got right, what we got wrong, just so... We can't just hide behind those predictions and be like, well, um, we never made those. Um, we own up to our mistakes every once in a while on the show. Um, so box office wise, I said that Shang-Chi will be the highest grossing box office movie. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think right now Fast 9 might be the top. No matter what, it's going to be Spider-Man. No matter what, Spider-Man's poised to have a huge weekend this weekend. Uh, I said A Quiet Place 2 and Ghostbusters Afterlife will be big box office draws. And in a sense, that is true. A Quiet Place 2 was the first pandemic era movie to gross $100 million at the box office. 
and Ghostbusters Afterlife has been quietly crushing it at the box office. Like, I think it opened to, like, 35 or $40 million. Uh, I said Mortal Kombat, Chaos Walking, and Dune will flop. I was happy to be wrong about Dune. While it wasn't my favorite movie of the year, and I, I thought it was just fine, it far surpassed my expectations, which I'm happy about. Uh, Chaos Walking... That was a softball. You could have seen that coming a mile away. For those asking, Chaos Walking is a movie with Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley that no one saw because it should have come out years ago. Mortal Kombat, I don't think it was a flop, but it definitely underperformed because, bad. you know, it went on <laughs> HBO Max, which definitely hurts some movies. I said sleeper hits would be West Side Story. Again, I've heard it's great. But only making $10 million opening weekend is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also said Jungle Cruise would be a sleeper hit, which, pulling it up, so far Jungle Cruise made around $220 million worldwide. So I'd say I was right about that one. I don't know what the budget mm-hmm. was. Michael, on the other hand, said the highest grossing movie of this movie of this year. Let's all laugh together. He said The Suicide Squad would be the highest grossing movie of the year. Ooh, that kind of hurts. <laughs> Because, like, I would have yeah. totally wanted, wanted that. Um, so I'm looking at it. According to this website, boxofficemojo.com, uh, Shang-Chi is the num- so far the number one. Heck number yeah! Spot Heck at yeah! T- <laughs> at uh, $224.5 <laughs> $2- million. Well, again, Spider-Man's going to blow that out of the water. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Probably I mean, opening but, weekend. So weird. I mean, so this is, like, pretty like showing us what what this uh this year's been like behind that is venom let there be carnage so where's fast nine on that list because i know fast number nine four made... okay i know fast nine made quite a bit of money yeah. um so yeah michael said that the suicide squad will be the top movie of the year he also here's where we can really laugh at michael michael i love you but still he said black widow will make a billion dollars at the box mm, office that hurts that hurts Maybe if it was a better movie. Um, yeah. He also said the biggest flops of the year will be Morbius. Don't know. It's in limbo. It comes out next year. It got delayed. Um, I, I, Any of these predictions, I'm taking off if they are now 2022 related mm-hmm. movies. So like anything Uncharted, Top Gun, Mission Impossible 7, any of those. Can't do anything about that. Um, he said Morbius and The King's Man would be the biggest flops. He he's probably gonna end up being right about the King's Man. That's not tracking well. Um, I'm not hearing yeah, good things about that. Uh, it's also going up against Spider Man and the Matrix, so it probably will suck. Not at the box office quality wise, but financially it'll probably suck. And then he said, "No Time to Die" won't make a lot of money. Um, no Time to Die is currently made about seven hundred seventy million dollars worldwide. So, good job, Michael. Um, and then general predictions michael said that godzilla versus kong will end the monsterverse and not do financially well at the box office wow yeah that was wrong yep we're getting more because it did so well um then the rest of these are ones that i made some of them i was close and others way off on as as i do uh i said rami malik will actually be dr no in james bond no time to die nope he really is just a dude named Safin. He probably should have been Dr. No. Uh, I said Kong will beat Godzilla in an upset in Godzilla versus Kong. 
And I said it would no. be Mecha Godzilla. I said it was yeah. going to be Mecha Godzilla way back in, actually in college. I remember talking to one of my roommates in college when the first Godzilla came out. I said, I bet you the sequel will be Mecha Godzilla, and then the third movie when it's Godzilla vs Kong will be Mecha Godzilla. No, wait, the second movie would be Ghidorah, and then the third one yeah, would be Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. So I was like, boom, spot on. Uh, I said, no, Tom Holland in Venom Two. Correct. Technically, I'm wrong about that, and technically, nah. I'm right. Uh, because I'll own up to it, I'll say that I was wrong because he's technically in it, even if the actor physically is not. This one is the only one of these that I go, TBD. I said Florence Pugh will become the new Black Widow, and we'll see her in other MCU projects. I Yeah, that, I think we'll find that out by the end of the year. She... We don't know if she's Black Widow. However, I was right in that. Well, we did see her in other MCU projects in 2021. She mm-hmm. just just slid under the the laser, so to speak, just in time of 2021 predictions. I said, I, again, don't know if I can verify this one yet. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire will be in Spider-Man 3, but as extended cameos. I also said that Spider-Man will be called Home Away From Home. So... Wrong about that. That's, uh, yeah, that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I still think that's a good name, though. Uh, I said Michael Jordan will be in Space Jam 2 as one of the opponents, like on the yeah, Monstars that was, squad. Uh, that was not true. Yep. I also said that Spiral will secretly be a prequel to the Saw movies. Uh, no. Now, this next... I think <laughs> it's never quite clear. Okay. Now, here's where I get, like, spot on with some of these so spoiler alert for ghostbusters afterlife halloween kills and the suicide squad so if you don't want anything spoiled for you uh i was dead on about ghostbusters afterlife when i said one of the ghost one of the original ghostbusters will be a ghost themselves so nice. i was spot on I mean, about that with spoiler Harold. for me but yeah yeah it's the one <laughs> it's the one guy that's not alive anymore what that's not possible <laughs> uh so then halloween kills i said that Lori will survive but karen will die and we will also see the return of the myers house so yep. boom yeah i also said that starro will be the main villain of the suicide squad yeah but that felt like a softball <laughs> yeah it did a little bit uh i said taiko atiti will be voicing king shark uh, nope um, I'm glad that you were wrong about that, honestly. Yeah. Um, I said Nathan Fillion will be playing Arm Fall Off Boy. Yeah, basically. It's the detachable kid, but Arm Fall Off Boy. I said the survivors will be Harley, Polka Dot Man, Rick Flag, and Weasel. So I was half right. Uh, well, I mean, not really, because Polka Dot Man's not alive. Weasel's alive. Oh, true, 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 true. Weasel and Harley survived. Also, I was not prepared when I made that prediction for how emotionally invested I would be in the death of Rick Flagg. Um, yeah, that was amazing. Um, then lastly, we always make announcements, not like box office or movies that are coming out in 2021, but movies that we think will be announced in 2021. So Michael, God bless his heart, said a new head of Lucasfilm will be announced in 2021. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, keep I mean, dreaming. I, yeah, I, I think we're no, because she's in for her, three. Yeah, her ca- she... her contract got extended. Yeah. I said the Fantastic Four will be cast, and John Krasinski and Emily Blunt will have the roles. That's not bad, not bad. 
I also said John Krasinski will be announced to be directing a Universal Monster movie. That didn't happen. I said a new Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street movies will be announced. I also said that the legal issues, though, with Friday the 13th will be resolved. And I was technically right about that. Uh, I said we'll get our first trailer for The Flash. I was right about that. And then I immediately lose credibility when I said Nicolas Cage will be added to the cast as Superman. Which, I mean, we don't know that that hasn't. (laughs) Also, I'm going to hurt Josh's soul here a little bit. I said that a Batman Beyond and a Teen Titans movies will be announced. And then lastly, I said a new Superman movie with Henry Cavill will be announced with J.J. Abrams producing but not directing. But it won't be a sequel to Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman. So once we get to the announcement stuff, I crapped the bed and I was a little spotty. But still better than Michael. Love you, Michael. (laughs) I mean, it's this year was interesting. Yeah, to be fair, it's a crapshoot this year. Yeah, because especially like when we get to worst movies, there's there's one on on that list that I didn't think I was going to be putting it on that list. But the more I thought about it, unfortunately, it's there. Yeah, there's there's I have three things in my worst, and none of them I thought were truly awful. Just looking at the things yeah. that I saw, I'm like, this is bottom tier. Granted, I know there was some bad movies. I heard horrendous things about uh, Thunder Force, but I'm going. No thanks. It's a Netflix movie, so no. I don't know what that is. It's basically Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer as superheroes. Directed by Paul Feig. Okay, sure, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so we're breaking this down into four parts. We have uh, best movies of the year. So best of the year, worst of the year, underrated movies of the year, and best movie moments of the year so of those four josh where should we start first let's uh let's get the worst out of the way man i i want to end this year talking about good movies so let's get the worst out of the way okay um Um, yeah start us off my first uh it's gonna be mortal Kombat. it's just it had really so much potential and just absolutely does not deliver it's it's like Oh, what's that? What's that uh, Jeff Dunham line? You polish a turd, it's still a turd. Just because it had really cool looking. I've um, never heard that one before. Oh, you have it? Oh, dude, it's from one of his specials where uh, the monkey that he brings out and is talking about some city in like uh, Arizona or something. He's like, you polish a turd, it's still a turd. Um, But it just, it's a very pretty movie. But ultimately, ultimately, it's comes down to it's just I mean, as mortal cringe. combat ultimately i hate it um it finishes <laughs> uh, 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 in a spot it's very much like well this is just basically cringe this is the same cringe as a movie from the 80s like this is so it's mm, a fatality it's, it's it's stupid i hated it so much also having even seen the movie and the people involved with the movie don't even like it but yeah. the Cole Young character. Now, the people involved with it were big fans, and they they clearly had fun making the movie. But the Cole Young character of a descendant of Scorpion was just a bad choice. Like, just leave it as your core cast of mm-hmm. original game characters, which I'm still – cast Miz as Johnny Cage, please. It's just that too perfect. Like it's Missed opportunity. Well, there's still a sequel coming probably, but it might be an HBO Max exclusive. It um, will be an HBO Max exclusive. Uh, so I won't talk about my HBO Max movie, but I'll talk about another streaming movie that I'm going. 
it's not the worst movie I've seen, but it was just fine. Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America with Eddie Murphy, the one that for some reason didn't come out much sooner. It's Eddie Murphy's back and he's got to find his kid in America that he never knew that he had to be the new heir of... um, Why am I blanking on where he lives? It doesn't matter. The movie sucked. It just... (laughs) It wasn't funny. Like, it's clearly PG-13 Eddie Murphy, which is not necessarily a bad thing. We've gotten PG. We've had PG Eddie Murphy with Donkey and he made that work. It just was forgettable like other than one moment which i actually will put on my best moments list just because of who is involved with it um other than like one or two specific moments i don't remember anything about coming to america it is a far bar from the original one which while not my favorite comedy still has quite a few moments that made me laugh and there's no samuel l jackson and he was such a good thing in the original come on now yeah i'm with you so i only have one other one um, for worst, I think Green Knight is one of the worst movies of the year. Wow! I and I it, it you you know how much that hurts me to say. I it's a very well shot movie. It's a very beautiful movie. Um, but it doesn't really tell a court heat coherent story and even when it tell like the story of the green knight is a weird tale right so like you're gonna have to explain some things so you can't just have the belt of truth thing that whole scene um used in a sexual manner and just not explain why and what happened and also kind of not committing to the ending at all just see, I don't just... mind the ending. I I wish the movie. I did the research and I I looked into the story of the Green Knight ahead of time, and I think it's a it's an interesting, cool morality tale. I don't mind an ambiguous ending. That's that's fine. Yeah. I wish the movie was clearer about the identity of the Green Knight because I think that would have gone a long way to answering some character motivations for certain people. Because without yeah. explanation as to the Green Knight's identity, there's certain characters that you're just kind of. Well, why are you here at all? Yeah. And they're characters yeah, and that are done by actors that I really, really enjoy, and I felt and, they and were wasted. The, and that's the thing. Like, I really, really liked the, this version of King Arthur. I really, really liked this version of... There was so much I liked about the movie, but the story in whole was ultimately really not in, interesting. Like, a lot of interesting stuff happens, but it's not... It's just boring and it's too artsy for its own good. And it's like, I, mm, it's frustrating because I was really, really looking forward to green Knight. Yeah. The trailers were fantastic. I, I won't put it in my worst, but I, if I had a most disappointed list, that'd probably be up. Yeah. There. Uh, it does very much feel like, look how pretty we are. I mean, it's going... an 24 movie. So that's true. Um, <laughs> you know, a movie that's very, very similar to the green Knight, space jam, a new legacy. <laughs> Because, you know, they're very similar movies. Again, I pro- It probably would have ended up on my worst list, but I did not see it. So I I saw it because I was curious. And here's where I'm going to piss off everyone else. Fair. 
The original's not as good as you remember either. Oh, I welcome your booze and vitriol. Space Jam is a terrible movie and Michael Jordan can't act. Neither can LeBron James, apparently, except when he's on the basketball court. The problem is, I've seen LeBron in other stuff. He is really funny in Trainwreck. Like, he's got some really funny clips yeah. in that. Oh, my God, is he phoning it in in this. Also, it's really funny to see behind-the-scenes videos of people spraying hair on for him so he doesn't have as receding of a hairline because, you know, everyone makes fun of his hair anyway. Yeah. Just, LeBron... Just shave it. Just embrace the bald, man. Be like Jordan. Embrace the bald. So I went into it going, it can't be that bad. And I had heard about the premise, and it was different enough from the original that I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's the most blatant just like a, hey, on HBO Max, you can watch all of these characters. Going, interesting that you only have um. Warner Brothers characters in attendance for this global basketball game. And again, why does Warner Brothers continue to misunderstand Iron Giant? Ready Player One. Space Jam A New Legacy. He's just there to show up and destroy stuff. Like, that's, that's against his character. Uh, it's just dumb. LeBron is clearly phoning it in. Like, his acting is terrible. However, I will give them props for one of the greatest cameos of the year. If I had a if I had like a, a Razzie award for best cameo, it would go to Space Jam A New Legacy because they're losing at halftime and they're just like, we need motivational speech. We need Michael Jordan at guard. 6'6", six, six, Michael Jordan. Out comes Michael B. Jordan. And I'm going, y'all did Love the thing. It. That's clever. That's really, really <laughs> funny. And then he never shows up again in the movie. I'm going, well, you got a Michael Jordan. You found a loophole. I'll give you credit for that. That's actually funny. But the rest of the movie, it's a thing that I watched. But other than the Michael B. Jordan yeah. cameo and terrifying CG buffed on Cheadle, I don't remember anything else. Like that is nightmare fuel seeing swole Cheadle. Uh, however, that's not the worst movie I've seen this year. And... <laughs> I know some people are going to be like, that doesn't count because this movie is a direct-to-DVD movie. So they'll be like, well, the quality is expected to be lower. Not when the previous works of this company have actually been pretty solid. Normally, I like DC animated movies. Ah, I think okay, they're pretty... it is going to be here. Okay, okay, okay. I thought yeah. this... A lot of DC animated stuff I really enjoy. I liked Superman Man of Tomorrow quite a bit. Um... I really like Justice League Dark Apocalypse War last year. That's one of my favorite animated movies they've ever done. And I was really excited when they announced that they were doing an animated Injustice movie. And then the reviews started coming out and people were really not liking it. I'm going, wow. Uh, maybe it's a whole bunch of people that have only read the comic and aren't kind of used to the animated movies presentation. Because they do tend to take stories and condense them a bit. Like... Josh and I have had issues with what they did with Batman Hush. Um, mm -hmm. They had Long Halloween come out this year, but they had it in two parts, and it was it was definitely better. I still have some issues with Long Halloween, but it was much better. Uh, I like Injustice quite a bit, so I went into it trep a little trepidatious of going, all right, why is this getting so crapped on? I absolutely can understand why so many people hated it. I hated it because um, there's so much lore to Injustice. That they really just throw away because they're just like, well, we don't have time. 
And also, there's characters that die willy-nilly, but for no real points other than just to have some blood to bump it up to that R rating. Like, this isn't a spoiler. At the beginning of the movie, just like the games, Joker kills a big chunk of the city and Flash is trying to defuse the bomb when all of a sudden someone kills him and blood splatters everywhere. I don't think the movie even tells us who killed Flash or why they bothered killing Flash. It's just, oh, here's some blood. The voice acting is god-awful. Like, I think it's Kevin Pollock is Joker. He is probably the worst Joker I've ever heard. His Joker's awful. And then you get Justin Hartley as Superman... I never hear Superman at all. I only ever hear Justin Hartley. Um, the actress that did Harley Quinn was really good, and that's about it. In Injustice, the story is essentially uh, Superman accidentally kills Lois Lane and his unborn child because using uh, it's either Joker or Scarecrow fear toxin. I think Joker steals Scarecrow's fear toxin. And he makes Superman think that Lois is Doomsday. So he more or less fights her and takes her up into space and wherever, and that kills her. There's not that brutality in this. He just kind of picks up Doomsday and flies to space. There's not this awkward fighting, which I think could have been more emotional of, holy crap, I just beat my wife to death, basically, with my unborn child still inside. The voice acting is bad. The game basically ends with a different universe's Superman fighting this evil Superman of like the multiverse of here's the good universe and here's the evil universe. They introduced the multiverse super late into this game that they're just like, well, crap. How did it end in the game? All right, get to that point. Uh, okay, sure. Why not? It just kind of ends really abruptly. Obviously as a Nightwing fan, I felt underserviced quite a bit because in the injustice game, Nightwing dies fine i've come to terms with that it was a stupid decision and it kind of makes me laugh that that guy is now currently writing nightwing and it's amazing but in the comic damien throws a wing ding at nightwing's head it hits him falls to the ground unconscious but when he falls his neck lands on a rock and that snaps his neck here he gets hit in the head that's it he doesn't hit anything on the way down there's no rock he doesn't break his neck he just gets hit in the head by his own stick i'm going so if he throws that stick at an enemy, that just knocks him out. But when Damien jokingly throws it at his head, that is a kill shot? What? Mm, sure. I mean, D- Damien's always hated Dick, so it's, you know. <laughs> but he likes Raven. Um, oh, man. Yeah, Injustice. Normally, the animated movies are well-casted vocally. The voice cast across the board was just so bad that it really made the rest of the movie suffer. And the mm, pacing was bad. It. Superman just turns evil real quick. Characters die just <laughs> for the sake of it. The global scale of the game and the mm-hmm. comics isn't really there. Like, there's no real prevalent war between the Atlanteans and the Amazonians or the humans. Like Wonder Woman is still kind of there being evil whispering in Superman's ear, but that's not as prevalent as it is in the game. Like they cut out so much. And even if there wasn't a comic or the game to base it off of, I still think this would have been a bad animated movie just for how much they rushed it and tried to put in as many characters as they could and under deliver on just about all of them. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it, I just keep hearing uh, the Screen Junkies guy 
I mean, like, is this gonna be an is it gonna be an issue in the future? Nah, barely an inconvenience. Like, of when it comes to them, like, you, hey, uh, is um, introducing the the multiverse too late? Is that gonna be a problem? Nah, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. tough stuff, dude. So, what should we tackle next? Do we want to do underrated? Then let's yeah, let's do underrated, then best, and then we can just wallow in the best moments. Okay, there's, sure. There's a lot of really good moments. Yeah, there have been some and good individual moments this year. This, yeah, the, even the movies that don't don't make the list for like best and stuff. Yeah, so start us off. What are some underrateds for you? Um, and I think I I put this in the underrated because not I I feel like not a lot of people saw it, uh, for obvious reasons. But uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yay! Easily one of my favorite animated movies from this past year. Yeah, like, this is on my underrated so list too. Oh, good. Um, I almost put Luca on there because I really, really like Luca, but it's a Disney movie, so like everybody saw it. Um, yeah. But the Mitchells versus the Machines is has several moments in it, which are like one of my favorite moments for these, this year. But is incredibly charming the animation is incredibly unique the story is not necessarily original but like also has a lot to say and taking on the 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 typical trope of oh daughter's going off to college time for some family issues like but it does that but does it to a level that is heartwarming and actually makes sense and like this is how family, like my family is this way, with a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff happens that the Mitchells do. But I literally will always recommend the Mitchells versus the Machines if you can find it. I don't know where it's, it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, Netflix. Okay. It's a Netflix exclusive. Um, yeah, I. It's also on my underrated list. I had so much fun with Mitchells versus the Machines. It justified every two thousands child's fear of Furbies. Because mm-hmm. as we all know, mm-hmm. Furbies and It's a Small World will one day rule the world, whether we Absolutely. want to or not, they'll take Absolutely. over the world. Um, Mitchell's vs. the Machines also introduced me to one of my new favorite child characters, which is the the son, who is mm-hmm. just weird and I love it. Of Hey, hey, do you want to come over and talk about dinosaurs sometime? <laughs> like He talks <laughs> all dinosaurs. He is a dinosaur. He's, he's just endearing and... The mom freaking out on the robots is great. <laughs> Them adopting the robots as family is great. Um, and then, obviously, you can see it coming a mile away, the emotional manipulation. But when you find out the dad's side of the story mm-hmm. of, without saying too much, because we do want people to see this, what he gave up type of situation, mm-hmm. you're just going, oh, this almost feels like old school Pixar, not current Pixar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's and I wouldn't say manipulation is hard. Uh, I because like every movie is going to do that, and that, but it's such a negative word. But because this movie does a a good job of hiding its intentions and hiding its uh its lore, so to speak, that it it, it does you, you get bits and pieces, but then by the reveal, it it really does hit hard and it. it puts a lot of things in perspective and it's just gosh it's such a great movie Mm-hmm. so um i'll do one nicholas cage movie now because i have two <laughs> nicholas cage movies uh pig pig is really mm-hmm. good and i'm glad to see some awards considerations being given for nicholas cage in this um 
So the premise is going to sound really dumb, but Nicholas Cage is a man that lives out in the woods that has a truffle pig that basically helps him find truffles and he lives by himself. Then one day his pig gets stolen and he goes on this mission to go get it back. But it's not like a John Wick where it's a revenge mission. It's basically a character working through grief and sadness and isolation as he's mm-hmm. already distanced himself from the world of just like uncomfortably forcibly asserting himself back into the world to try and find basically his one and only friend out there. And whatever you think of Nicolas Cage's performances, it's not this. This is quiet. It's subdued. Also, as much as I love like the Suicide Squad or Zack Snyder's Justice League or even Shang-Chi's soundtracks, I think Pig actually has my favorite soundtrack of the year. I've been re-listening. Really? Okay. I've been re-listening to that a lot the past few days. It reminds me a lot of Moneyball's soundtrack, a very yeah. much an ambient background chill comfort music, but that works so well for this movie. Like I really love Pig's um, music, which quick peek behind the curtain. I am deep in production on the end of the year movie montage. I'm bringing that back because it was off nice. last year because we didn't have nearly enough movies to do a montage. Um, but I'm working on the 2021 movie montage and I'm using some pig music. Which That sounds weird. I'm using some pig music because <laughs> uh, the soundtrack is just so good. Um, and Josh is going to be watching it soon either that mm-hmm. or my other on uh my yeah. other underrated movie willie's wonderland a complete 180 pig is a thought-provoking think piece an emotional roller coaster willie's wonderland is nicholas cage as a silent man that beats the crap out of animatronics i love it so much he curb stomps an animatronic into a toilet and i love it it's so dumb it's so fun, and when I say Nicolas Cage doesn't speak the entire movie, he does not speak the entire movie. I was expecting at the end for him to just be like, huh, okay, or say something. Not a single word is spoken That's by him. That's crazy. But he, you understand everything about his character. He's just tired of it. Um, it's goofy, ridiculous fun. He carries it on his shoulders because there's some other actors in it that are really not that great. The teen actors kind of remind me of like Vine stars, basically. Like they're not the most talented out there. But it's dumb fun. I can have a lot of fun with Willy's Wonderland. Uh, I bought it on Blu-ray because I had so much fun with it. I'll be rewatching it. It's the Five Nights at Freddy movie we've all been not really needing, and it'll come eventually. But this was this was fun in every sense of the word. Also, it kind of implies that sodas are his superpower, and I kind of love it. That makes sense. Makes complete sense. (laughs) Um, My only other underrated is uh, my new favorite Karen Gillian movie with Gunpowder Milkshake. I know you, I don't think, I don't remember you liking it all that much. I'm good. I enjoyed the crap out of it. (laughs) How much of that is because it's Karen Gillian and Carlo Gugino? probably a lot i just they're just <laughs> like that's the thing it's like the movie itself it's very paint by numbers action movie but like karen is entertaining like and everybody that the 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 whole female cast is incredibly the kids super funny i just 
it's a great movie and it's you know it's something that everybody should check out at least once you know i don't know don't write it off it's not bad it's i mean it's not bad like mortal Kombat. it's not bad like black widow at least the story oh makes sense. okay um Wow. <laughs> then again, I'm not really going to fight you on the Black Widow thing. Yeah. It's not I, horrible, see, but not good either. Yeah, that's like, and I think that if we had a list for movies that were... Most forgettable? Uh, yeah, I I had a lot of hope for for Black Widow. And oh, I never really did. And I was really disappointed. And I just, well, I just like, if this is going to be your last attempt at giving us a moment with this character, now that you killed her off, which is a little odd, that timing... Um, at least make it good. I don't know, man. You know, whatever. It's just a glorified attempt to give us a Yelena introduction, and that's all it is. That's all it is. I ain't honestly. complaining about that, though. I'm not complaining about it, but, like, the slight to Scarlett Johansson's character is is pretty is pretty sad to me. Well, that wasn't the biggest slight against Scarlett Johansson in 2021, but we've, well, already, yeah, true. we've already been down that road. Uh, my last underrated movie is one I don't think Josh has seen. I don't think a lot of people have seen this one, except for diehards in the horror community. And y'all really should, just for the name alone. PG, Psycho Goreman. Oh, I've seen the, 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 the poster for this. So, for those no that interest. aren't familiar, for those <laughs> that aren't familiar, Psycho Goreman features two kids that accidentally discover an evil alien tyrant from another world and basically find a way to control him, kind of like Kazam with Shaquille mm. O'Neal of or any like wish fulfillment kid movie, except he's absolutely evil. Like he has slaughtered thousands of worlds, and he keeps telling them, "If I ever get free, I will slaughter you and your entire family." And you believe it? He's evil, but it is so much dumb, gory, gory fun. It is ridiculously stupid, but I had so much fun with it. It's also got some really, really funny humor. Um, there's a part where they need a ride somewhere because they're kids and they can't drive anywhere. So they tell Psycho Goreman to deliver a message to their dad, and the dad is sitting on the throne. And all of a sudden, this disembodied giant alien head pops in front of him while he's on the toilet. Come to this location and pick up your children! And he's like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and so the head disappears. He's just like, what was that? The head pops back up. Hurry up. They need you. <laughs> and like, it keeps popping up and scaring the crap out of him. And then like, it's hyper violent. Like all the effects and all the budget clearly went to the gore and the costumes. Cause the costumes are both impressive and cheap looking at the same time. It's kind of dumb, but I thought it was really, really funny. I liked the aesthetic of the Goreman himself. It is so bizarrely weird. Like, at one point, one of their friends gets turned essentially into... He gets turned inside out. Just think of that visual. And he's still alive. And so... Oh, that's terrifying. And so after a while... He just has to live the rest of his life like that. And so he goes back home and is in his new form. He's just like, am I going to be like this forever? And his parents are just like, well, I guess so. Okay. Like they just kind of <laughs> roll with it. It's just oh, so man. twisted. Or 
There's another part where they he possesses the body of one of the cops, and the cop like becomes this weird zombie that can't die, and so he uses like blood on a sign and basically says "kill me," and the girl's just like, "Nope, you're our friend now." Like it's so <laughs> twisted and wrong. Like Josh, you need to see this movie. It's just not okay, but it's also fun and stupid at the same time. Like if you know going into it that you're kind of watching a Kung Fury level of stupid you can have fun with it it's just fair enough insane god that that's a a movie kung fury is a movie i watched like several times this year which is so weird shocker um uh, you know what i don't need you attacking me (laughs) okay jeez we've all got our we all got our chicken soup movies we do we absolutely do and mine's prisoners Kung Fury lasts about as I'm long as I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Prisoners is like a once after every five years movie. Yeah, I was like, dude, all right. I'm going to let you live in that one. Um, oh, like, I love the boy in the striped pajamas. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'm good. I don't feel like crying while I eat to my <laughs> soup. See, that's why Kung Fury is the perfect chicken noodle soup movie because it is, or is it about as long soup? as it, it's about as long as it takes to eat a bowl of soup. <laughs> Got him. Best movies of the year. I have Best four. Best movies of the year. I have four as well. Okay. Well, we'll oh, cool. That. I hope they're different. Well, I know at least one of them will be different because you haven't seen <gasps> Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Best yeah. movies of the year. Um, Josh and I have made no secret. We don't particularly care for the original. And it it's kind of gross when yeah. you uh, Bill Murray is very pervy. Like, real creepy. And the the Dan Aykroyd ghost thing. I'm going, kids watch this? Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't particularly care for the original Ghostbusters at all. But I was excited for this new one because I like the trailers. I got a very Power Rangers 2017 vibe of what if these cartoonish Rest characters had personalities and feelings and human emotions and that's what we get for this i know some people are just like we don't get until the actual ghost busting until 45 minutes of the movie i'm going good we care about the characters then like i like all the human characters in this paul rudd essentially is just paul rudd but mckenna grace is awesome because mckenna grace is one of the best child actors working today she's phenomenal but there's a character named podcast that should have been in more of the trailers because this kid is freaking hysterical also, it's not a spoiler, but McKenna Grace's character is socially awkward, so she tells jokes to try and break the ice. Josh, do you want to hear the greatest joke of all time? Uh, absolutely. I mean, how, I have an opinion about that, but yeah. How is a gerbil like a cigarette? Don't know. Um, how? They're not dangerous when you put them in your mouth until you light it on fire. I, oh, I... All right, cool, cool, cool. Bet, bet, bet. All right, sounds good. All right, fun, fun, fun. Yeah. And I'm just like, holy crap, you put that in a like, kid's dude. movie. And then oh, let's man. the awkward silence just stew in the movie yes, so you can good. enjoy the movie. Or, hey, what do you call a blind polar bear? No, what do you call a dead polar bear? Anything oh. you want, he can't hear you anymore. Oh, gosh. See, that, that is like the vibe of like, slumber parties i'm still laughing at how dark that joke staying up to like one in the morning telling terrible terrible dark jokes and that's that is yeah that's 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 on my alley i need to see i mean i already wanted to see it but yeah but yeah i care about the characters 
they rely on the original movie just enough. Like, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the original, you will not be lost. But I think you'll be rewarded if you've seen the original. That's the weird thing is I've seen diehard Ghostbuster fans not like this movie because it might contradict some of their canon or what happens later on. I'm just like, is it still a good movie? Yeah. I know some people have some issues with the ending, and I can understand why. Uh, but I actually liked how they handled the ending. I thought it was really well done. Um, if you do see it, there's two end credits. Uh, I did not know that the first time I saw it. And I was like, oh, I would have liked to have seen that the first time around. Because you and I have joked before about how a certain character in the original kind of just gets the shaft in terms of screen time. That character gets some some vindication in this movie. Good. That's, that's a really nice moment. Um, the characters are wonderful. The humor is fantastic. The action's great. Like the the scene that we see in the trailers where they're chasing after a ghost in the car and they have the little the little remote control car. That's so much fun. It's such a good movie. And I do get that Power Rangers 2017 vibe of what if we just give people personalities and character? Uh yeah, McKenna Grace is great. She's gonna be a huge star one day. I think you'll really, really dig Ghostbusters Afterlife. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I think at this point I have to wait and for it to Come to some streaming app or whatever. I'm not sure. Um, it's Sony, so I don't even know where that would go. Uh, I don't know. It feels like a Netflix movie anyway. Yeah, um, but a good one. Uh, let's talk about uh, Godzilla versus Kong, which was exactly what it needed to be. Absolutely the big, hard-hitting monster movie that actually made us care about the monsters themselves. Well, one of them. Um, well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you're not supposed to care about Godzilla. No, you're not. As far as like having a deep emotional connection. Yeah, that's um, the point. Because, by gosh, if you're not on Team Kong's, like on Kong's team by the end, by the time you get into the final fight, like you are a heartless person. Because, God, this is just. I think that was the thing about this movie. It has a surprising amount of heart. And I think the the thing in the past that has been the Godzilla movie downfalls is that in the human characters, human characters are great in this film too. I think what you uh, didn't think Aaron Taylor Johnson was interesting in Godzilla twenty fourteen? Yeah, and I don't think he'll be interesting in late in uh, Legend London. Uh, I'm Legend London. Um, what? Anyway, uh, yeah, apparently there's a, a I am Legend London movie coming, uh, which is cool. Anyway, not the point. Yeah, roll your eyes harder. Do it. Do it. Roll your eyes harder. Uh, harder. I hate Aaron Taylor Johnson so much. Yes. He's Unless so he's bland. Like It's just so odd. He's so interesting in, in Kick-Ass, but like, in anything else. That could be Matthew Vaughn working miracles, though. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but Godzilla vs. Kong is fantastic. And even though you can kind of see it coming, the uh, when Mecha finally shows up, um fantastic great fight great i just there's that fight at nighttime in at at tokyo is so good oh you mean the pacific rim fight yeah but like if it was emotionally fulfilling anyway um (laughs) i still like the pacific rim one better i think the choreography is better i mean yeah i guess but you know this movie is still to me one of the best movies of the year not the best but up there yeah, I'll be curious if we agree on the best. I think it's a two-horse race for us of yes. which one is the best. And I, 
I have one that I like better than the other, and I think it might be flipped for you. I'll be curious if this is on yours or not. It's the one that I, again, just like how I will talk about the things that I predicted wrong, I'll talk about the times that I will admit that I was wrong about something. One of the best movies of the year, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Interesting. Okay. Except for the end credits. Screw that. Like, yeah, screw that end credits. That doesn't exist. Um, I have said numerous times, I like the 2017 Justice League. Yes, there's some wonky CG and Batman acts very much out of character. But there's still enough of that that I don't think is the train wreck that people make it out to be. Plus, I still maintain that I like the Superman in that version better than this. Minus the weird mouth. I know that's CG. But um, how Henry Cavill's portrayed in a Superman I like a lot better. Zack Snyder's Justice League clearly felt like what his DC movies should have been. I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is his best movie he's ever made. I like it better than Man of Steel. Yeah. It's not hard to be better than Batman vs. Superman. I detest that movie. I think it's better than Watchmen, which probably was my favorite uh, Zack Snyder movie before. I thought a four-hour runtime would be excessive, and I still kind of think it is. But everything flowed and paced together really well for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Sure, there's some weird stuff. Like, I will never not make fun of the hot dog scene. Like, is this intentionally... um? subtle message of something else like um i thought it was paced well the only real issues that i have is i still kind of have issues with how he portrays superman i think it's weird that good guy superman is wearing the black and the gray and then evil superman at the end is wearing the red and the blue but my big issue is stop playing the annoying choral music when wonder woman does literally anything no not that one it's the uh the Amazonian singing choir in the background. Oh, yeah, Wonder Woman yeah, takes yeah. a massive poop in the middle of the woods. <gasps> like, I don't... Stop it! Stop it! I got a little <laughs> excessive with this. Um, but Flash, I thought... Well, I'm still on the fence about Ezra Miller's Flash. I thought Flash was significantly improved. I like Jason Momoa's Aquaman in the theatrical version. I thought he's even better this time around. Yep. I thought uh, Ray Fisher was a significant improvement as um, Cyborg. I don't mind Danny Elfman's score for the movie, for the original theatrical cut. It's okay. But Junkie XL's score for yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League is so good. Like, that music Junkie is XL amazing. Junkie is just always a win. As a whole, I was very much surprised by the movie. I haven't gone back and rewatched it a ton since, just because it's a four-hour block of time that I would need to dedicate. Well, but there are absolutely well, certain well. scenes... There are absolutely certain scenes that I've gone back and rewatched that we'll be talking about later. But I, again, I will own up when I'm wrong about something. And I was wrong about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Do I want that universe to continue? Oh, hell no. Um, I thought this is a good send off <laughs> for his trilogy. Let's leave it there. We don't need more. Okay, Zack Snyder stick really, to Netflix. Really, it's a three and a half hour movie because the last 30 minutes is that stupid nightmare we don't crap. talk about that. That Amber Heard, for some reason, has a British accent. I just, there's so much about that last 30 minutes that does not need to happen. Um, one of my favorite, and until getting to the two horse race before, uh, to me, Dune is up there with one of the best movies of the year. Wow. Um, absolutely. You know me, you know I love my weird sci fi. Um, but what's in 
that's definitely here, but everybody is acting wise on their top game in this movie. Um, the special effects are absolutely mind blowing. Um, when they're when the the ships are exploding and they're exploding inside their shields first and then they kind of bubble out. Oh, that is so cool. The visuals of when the giant sandworms actually come. So cool. I just, there's just so much I love about, I, I mean, knowing that Blade Runner 2049 is one of my favorite movies of all time, like, it shouldn't surprise you that much that I love Dune as much as I did. <laughs> I, forgot, I don't know. Maybe it's just because Dune didn't hit as much with me. I, I kind of forgot about it. Um, so, yeah, we both should have two left, yeah. right? And I, I, I'll i be very curious. I think one of us has one higher than the other, and the other one, it's flipped. I think I already know. I think I already know what, what, they, what, the, what they are. So, what's your runner-up, Josh? Suicide Squad, obviously. I knew it was going to be flipped. <laughs> I knew it. Because <laughs> obviously Shang-Chi is my favorite movie I knew, of the entire year. I knew that obviously. was going to be the case. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I mean, and that's not a knock on Suicide Squad at all. Because, like, it's a really good, far better than I think any of us expected it to be. We kind of have, we're like, yeah, this, the trailers look good. The costuming looks, looks good. Polka dot um, man. Polka dot man. Um, James Gunn is directing. So and like, Josh it, has it, to eat just... his words for doubting how great polka dot man was. <laughs> uh, you're, you're not wrong. Um, but like, it's just, and even like going as far to like the, one of the main, uh, one of the many characters that I hate in the, in the first suicide squad movie with Rick flag and, like literally by the end of this film he's one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. he's just god ah, so cool and i can't wait for the peacemaker show because of this movie like this suicide squad is so good but i just like me some kung fu man like I golly <laughs> like shang chi is so stinking. shung hi dude i'm you're Americanizing I've it. it. <laughs> I've been saying it one way for so long. I, my brain won't let me. Um, but, dude, so, so good. Um, even if the ending is a little... Marvel. I'm not... I don't want to use the word weak. Yeah, Marvel-ish is the only thing I can think to describe it. But, like, from the bus fight to the dynamic between Aquafina and... and um, oh, jeez. I always forget his name, and I feel really bad. The guy that plays Shine, Simu, um, Simu Liu. Simu. Yes, the, their di- their dynamic, their chemistry is fantastic. The way they actually show what an Asian American family, how they would interact with people, it's fantastic. beautiful. Um, actually showing us a Asian style dragon on screen was like this. Like that's something I never thought I'd see in an American cinema. Like, you know, as someone who watches a lot of, like, foreign kung fu films, like, you see that kind of stuff all the time. You get but a dog a... with two butts and no head. <laughs> it's so good. And, like, bringing Morris Trevor back. Morris is the back. best. Dude, Horace is the best. Having Trevor Morris. back. Morris. Not Horace. Trevor was so good. And, like, it was so smart bringing him back in that way. Um, I'm... I just, it's easily one of the best, like, if you don't think, I know you, I know what you think about it, but, like, for the, 
I don't think I I see saw anyone be like, nah, I don't know why everybody likes this movie. It's not good. Like it's almost impossible to not like Shang-Chi. Like, oh. God, dude. My only issue is I think that final act could have been stronger because it does feel yeah. a little it is very tonally different of Hey, let's go from hand to hand combat to riding mother frickin' dragons <laughs> which <laughs> are fine, but I love Shang-Chi. It is really just just barely my second place just because of how much i enjoyed the one that i'll talk about here in a little bit but excuse me watching shang chi just i immediately knew oh simu liu is going to be one of my favorite marvel characters going forward and i was talking to one of my coworkers about this i'm just like why is that and it's this humility that he brings to the table that the rest of the avengers don't of how he respects aquafina's elders how he interacts with people of just like okay i don't know something i want to learn i want to improve it's a He's the blue-collar Avenger now. Like, he's the average guy. Also, maybe it's just the small touches. I appreciate that he always has his Jordans on. Even in the final fight, he still keeps his kicks on him going, You got your superhero costume! And your Jordans. Good plan. I, I love it so much. I need a gif of that, my favorite moment in the entire movie. It's always the little touches, like a good Jackie Chan movie, is when Mm -hmm. he does the punch that wraps his jacket around him, and then he does the wax on, wax off, no, paint the uh, wax on, wax off, bringing the jacket back around to fit it how it normally is. I'm going, I need that on an endless loop gif, because the fluidity of that, mixed when he's swinging on the bars to get to the front seat of the bus, is just... Oh, chef's kiss. God, I love that choreography so much. It feels so Jackie Chan, though. Dude, and the the fight on the side of the building. So That long, that long one take of the fight towards the end of that scene. Like, oh my. There's just so much about Shang-Chi that is... I mean, it's everything that I personally love in a movie. So it's like, it's that, I don't think it was that big of a surprise that this is like my number one, but you know. <laughs> and obviously my number one is The Suicide Squad. Yeah, I had high yeah. expectations for this and I didn't think there's any way that it was going to surpass it because I, I'm still disappointed with the Guardians too. I think James Gunn turned the Guardians into idiots. So I didn't really know what to expect with The Suicide yeah. Squad, especially coming off of Suicide Squad from 2016, which I don't hate nearly as much as other people. I don't, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, but I don't particularly enjoy it either. So I went into this with a lot of trepidation. And this is one of the first comic book movies in a long time that, at least to me, is not ashamed and is actually proud to be a comic book movie, mm-hmm. whether it is the probably one of my favorite scene transitions of all time. It's just any time that they do, meanwhile, in Jodenheim, like in the little pipes in the ground, or Operation Rescue Harley with the flames in the sky, or Operation whatever, first, and like the scene transitions, or how every main character has an arc that's interwoven. Even if it's a character as seemingly dumb as Nanawe with King Shark, he just wants friends. That's it. You mm-hmm. immediately get on board with that. He's an outcast. Uh, Polka Dot Man, basically wanting to be a hero. Uh, Harley Quinn, finally stepping out as an individual. You got Bloodsport, uh, finally accepting the role as a hero. Ratcatcher, getting over her mono, basically, because she's always tired. That's Honest Trailer's joke, though. That's a re- It's true, though. She is always tired. It's not a millennial thing. I think that's a you have mono. Um, also, 
very few scenes this year got to me emotionally as much as why rats dad because rats are the lowliest creature in the universe if they have a purpose so must we all i'm going this is in the same movie with john cena in his tidy whities and a giant shark man and a polka dot man like yeah this shouldn't work also like the scene where uh, Peacemaker and Bloodsport are seeing how many men in the camp they can kill just as an alpha male dick swinging mm-hmm. competition. But in reality, that's a scene perfectly laying the groundwork for their future feud. I'm just going, holy crap, even the throwaway jokes here are to further character dynamic. Like yeah. when Bloodsport crashes through and he's staring daggers through Peacemaker, I'm going, holy crap, you've set up this hero-villain dynamic from the get-go, but we never caught on to it. Like, that's a perfect reveal. Yeah. And you get me to care about Rick Flag, which I did not give two craps about at the beginning of the movie. You made me cry from laughing so hard at the very beginning of, did anybody check to see if the weasel could swim? Like, oh my god, I almost died from that alone. Uh, I laughed, I felt something in my heart with various scenes. I felt four characters, even if in the simple moments of like they're driving to a mission and you see King Shark looking out the window and he sees a couple kissing. And in that moment, you understand the feelings of a shark man because of the phenomenal cinematography and the music. It's unashamedly a comic book movie. You have people fighting a gigantic telepathic starfish. And it's beautiful. You have a polka dot man who's fighting the manifestation of his mom. But it still works and has an emotional center to it. You killed a guy named, oh, what was his name? It's actually ironic that I forgot his name. Milton. They Milton. killed Milton. Who was Milton again? Oh, He's that been guy. He's the whole time. <laughs> and it's funny because you as an audience member forgot who Milton was. It's yeah. great. The Suicide Squad is one of those comic book movies that doesn't come around very often because I wish comic book movies embraced and respected their material more. I felt the same way with Aquaman of, yeah, we're cheesy fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. I felt like I was flipping through a comic book. And I also appreciate that the end credits like gave thanks to a whole bunch of comic writers and artists over the years. I'm going, every comic book movie should do this. Because without comic books, you don't have the movies. Uh, I just love The Suicide Squad so much. It's far surpassed my expectations. Great music. I will listen to Ratism a ton, which is the music when all the rats come into play. Which, if he told me... Thousands of rats will consume a star man and it'll be beautiful. I never would have believed it, but just say James Gunn and I'm going, okay, sure. Why not? I just far surpassed my expectations and it, it has so much more heart than it has any right to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that's uh, so, so it's, it, it's really close. I think for both of us, when it comes to Shang-Chi and, and uh, suicide squad, it just, they're just so good. And they both, I think... I enjoy them both differently. Yeah, and I think we were both caught off guard by both 
by them. I, I don't know if we went into either like, oh yeah, this is going to be a great movie. It was more so, all right, let's see what happens. Um, let's see how they handle this. So it's just, I think part of it too is they were such pleasant surprises when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, films this year. Uh, do you want to we'll wrap up some of our favorite moments? Yes, and obviously we'll put spoiler alerts uh, we'll say the movies that it's from first. That way, if you still haven't seen this movie and you care, um, you can dip away. Uh, I'll do the one that's actually, ironically, from one of my worst movies of the year, but the moment was still funny because of who's in it. Uh, Coming to America, for those that care about this movie. At the end, they get finally have like the big royal wedding or whatever else. And there's a random Dikembe Mutombo cameo. <laughs> and I'm going, they're like, uh, oh, sorry, Dikembe. It's okay. And it's actually to come in Matumbo. I'm like, hey, it's one of my favorite basketball players. Because, guys, Dikembe Matumbo is one of my favorite basketball players. Because in junior high and high school, like, the only thing athletically that I could do was block shots. I can't shoot to save my life. I can't dribble because I'm awkward. But you want someone to swat a ball away like it's a fly? Call somebody else. I'll just foul really hard. But I like <laughs> I like Dikembe Matumbo. I like Yao Ming. I like Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm sensing a trend there, but I was like, you hey, Takembe. This movie still sucks, but Takembe Matumbo. I like Takembe. <laughs> this movie made me yeah. smile at least once. Yeah. Well, like um, with Black Widow, when Yelena's giving her a hard time for her poses, and she's like, you're a poser. You're a poser. And I was like, I hate a lot about this movie, but this is just the best and it like it makes you like and then when yelena's like i like young with vest it's got all these pockets like there's such a usable vest. it's just such a good moment of and something i think i mean it's obvious by all the memes that have come out of it but yeah it was uh, that it was a lot of fun um uh you gotta have the moment where king kong and and uh, godzilla finally decide to work together yep i just have i just have in my notes mecha godzilla yeah like so cool and then like god (laughs) i only say this because this is in the uh the cinema wins video about uh kong versus godzilla it's so nice of godzilla to after absolutely manhandling kong to allow him to have the kill shot on mecha godzilla (laughs) yes in wrestling terminology that's how you book yourself out of a corner and make both guys look strong like okay (laughs) I'll take the pin, but I want to make sure I go over still somehow. Like, yeah, I still want to get my heat back, so to speak. Yeah, um, we gotta talk about uh, in so the Suicide Squad when. Uh, well, I guess there's a lot of moments, but whenever Polka Dot Man sees his mom, <laughs> which is several times actually, which I appreciate. Yes. Uh, I think the last one's my favorite. I don't have a specific moment from the Suicide Squad, except for maybe again. Uh, why rats dad because i just love yeah. all of the suicide squad there's so many moments whether it was peacemaker and blood sport killing everyone in really really ridiculously funny fashions or oh, and then, and weasel then finding out that they're <laughs> finding out the people they just murdered are actually the people that they the were good supposed guys to be helping <laughs> or weasel drowning because no one could figure out if he could swim or savant like the most badass hardcore guy squealing like a little girl and dog paddling away from a cro- from the fight or Nathan Fillion ri- pretending to writhe on the ocean on the beach writhing in pain because his arms are getting shot 
but his arms are like 50 feet away from him. So just seeing a grown man roll on the floor in agony is great. Or it's just, just so much about Suicide Squad. That just makes me laugh and make me feel things emotionally. Um, obviously, we have to talk about the best thing about Shang-Chi. The entire bus fight. It's oh, just, absolutely. Oh, God. The choreography in that is so good. Just all of it from... My favorite part with the jacket flip because it's such a Jackie Chan moves. The little details are right. If Again, for hand-to-hand combat and fights like that, you've got to nail the little moments. That's what people remember the most. And I think Shang-Chi absolutely nailed that. And I want that jacket. That jacket is fresh. Absolutely. Um, when mo- the mom in uh, Mitchell versus the Machines goes full like crazy samurai lady... Oh, so cool. So cool. Uh, shout out to... <laughs> I gotta I gotta get this in. I have to get this in. Uh, in Demon Slayer Mujin Train, <laughs> which is an anime movie that came out this year that's so, so good. Uh, there's... When uh, you first see what Rengoku can do, the music is fantastic. I'll send you... I can send you the, the music from the scene. It is... Like most anime music that I send you is an absolute banger. Um, oh, so the movie that this this moment takes place in is very eh. Uh, in Snake Eyes, when they reveal the origin of Storm Shadow's name, is like oh, so per- when he's like, "What's wrong? You look like you're you got that look on your face. What look?" You know that look that you always get when things get bad. What look are you talking about? Like you, like a like the shadow before a storm. I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Peter Griffin. <laughs> they said the name. They said the name. <laughs> they said it. They said it. They said it. And to the point where they ask him what it, at the end of the movie what they want his call sign to be, and he's like Storm Shadow. It's like, mm. granted, I've always liked Storm Shadow better than Snake Eyes, but See, the, but Snake. I have not seen it. But from everything I've heard, Storm Shadow is the better character in the movie than oh, actually Snake Eyes. So I got three more. How many more you got? Dude, I can keep. I got a whole list I can pull from. So good, go Just, for it. Yeah, do your thing, man. Do you do? Go ahead and hit me with a couple, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go one more. more, and then then you do a couple more. Um, I'll say my one for last that you and I both were involved in. Um, mm. one that I didn't expect to enjoy as much, and I think a big part of why I enjoyed it so much is the music is so good during this part it's probably the best music in the entire movie and that is Zack snyder's justice league Mm. when the flash reverses time oh dude and he's with every step creating the universe like there's nothing in front of him i'm going okay storytelling wise i think this is kind of cheap that this is being implemented now as kind of a deus ex machina here but the visual way that Zack Snyder presented time travel with the Flash was brilliant. Yes. There's literally nothing in front of Flash, just empty space. And with every step he takes, it's like a little big bang going off. And the ground underneath him is being rebuilt. Granted, his run is still stupid. Like still uh, stupid. But the music is so good. I still listen to that on a loop a ton and the scene is so well done even if it's it's not earned at all like (laughs) no like (laughs) there's been no hints at all that he can time travel like he can 
clearly freeze time because he's so fast. But like, I think it's just there because Zack Snyder wanted to do it and he didn't know how many more of these movies he was gonna do. Like it's a, yeah. it really doesn't actually belong in the movie. That being said, it's probably the best thing about Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's such a cool moment. It's it's cool for the sake of cool, which is Zack Snyder in, in a nutshell. But mm-hmm. seeing Cyborg's face get reassembled after it clearly had been blown up or just seeing everything come together with each step and the music is powerful. Um, just remember, Dad, I was one of them. In case this doesn't work out, remember I was one of the good guys. Um, or create your own future, create your own past. I'm like, oh, this is so good. And I still don't care about Ezra Miller's Flash. It, it's the best moment of that entire movie, and it's so well done. It's so cool. It's super well done. Absolutely. Speaking about things of, that are well done, in Halloween Kills, how about those no! opening 10 minutes? No! No, we will not talk about that. Why not? We're saving that. Oh, okay, my bad. We'll save that for last, because it's the only oh, moment that I... Not that one. Um, uh, uh, Karen uh, uh, dies, and we all rejoiced. Yeah, 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 that... <laughs> No, actually, um, I kind of have a lot of issues with how Karen died. I'm not going to lie, because it yeah, just felt yeah, like, kind of tacked on. No, I will, we'll talk about Halloween last, because it's the only moment you and I actually saw together. That's Okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair, a unifying that's fair, that's thing. Fair. We that can talk fair. about our experience um, with that a little bit, too. What about in Dune, when he just narrowly escapes the that second sandworm, and it like, like is up and like staring at him? And then, mm. like, turns and goes. I was like, ooh, ooh, that's that's chilling and kind of scary. And, like, the way that they acknowledge about, like, okay, how would a giant creature like that get through the sand? You're like, well, you vibrate it and you can just, like, that's how that works. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Science, you know me. I love, I love the science stuff. See, that's not my favorite moment from Dune. And I think it's really? probably, okay. probably because of the actor. And I always love last stands in movies. Mm, so yeah. seeing Jason Momoa's uh, Duncan Idaho go puts the sword to his head get yourself some time and just goes out like a freaking boss like yeah absolutely jason momoa i think was my favorite part of dune and duncan idaho was amazing but the way he goes out i'm just going that's that's a faramir type of way to go out no boromir not faramir faramir survives because he's a winner um yeah he he has a hot date um But I also love the line from Oscar Isaac's character when he's like, when um, Timothy Chalamet's like, well, you know, what if I don't want to be king? What if I don't, what if I, you know, do fail in that way? And he's like, then you'll be the only thing I ever wanted you to be, my son. I was like, oh, ooh, uh, yes, let's go. Absolutely. Which, have you seen the Spider-Man memes of that? That they're just like, well, what if Toby and Andrew don't show up? What if, what if this and what if that? Then you'll be the only thing I ever needed you to be. A good Spider-Man movie, and I'm going. Yeah. Remember this meme, just in case, on the off chance they're not in it, and you're all are pissed. Absolutely. I mean, with yeah, yeah, that's a rabbit hole we can go down hardcore. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of really good stuff in in Dune, and I just just visually even like the the whole concept of the shields is so cool. I love like the visualization of it, the idea, even just the idea that like. Uh, fast things don't penetrate it, but like if you go slow, you can get through. And it's like, oh, dude, oh, that's so cool. It just, mm. like when Oscar Isaac's char- character gets shot by the dart, and he has to like, oh, I can't get to, it. can't get to, it. can't get to, it. oh, like, oh, 
so good. I just love, I love Dune so much. <laughs> How many more you got? I can come up with another one. Go for one it, man. more outside of Halloween Kills. Because um, I got, including Halloween Kills, I got one more. No, okay. I, no, Halloween Kills and one additional one. Okay. Um, crap. Now I'm actually going to come up come up with one. Uh, <laughs> hit, hit, hit me with your, your, your one more and then I'll... Uh... So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to put up a big spoiler alert um, for Josh because I don't think he's seen this movie yet. But spoiler alert for the people that have not seen Free Guy yet and want to. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those people. Do you... <laughs> uh, see, it's not story related, but it's still a fun moment. Uh, here, here's the thing. I don't care about spoilers when I've had a significant amount of time to watch and I just haven't. And again, this is it. a moment that's better if you're in a theater to experience Fair. it because my theater freaked the crap out for this. So at the end of the movie, the evil Taika has sent in Dude, who is the contrasted guy. And that dude is like a gigantic swole version of Ryan Reynolds guy, except in typical like quote unquote EA fashion, he's not done yet. So he's broken. <laughs> so he's just like, there's three things I love. Kicking ass, TBD, third thing here. Like he's so stupidly broken. Uh, like doesn't have a shirt because it's not been programmed yet. And so Ryan Reynolds, free guy, is just getting his butt kicked by him. And he's got the, like the special glasses that let him see the world around him. But those get knocked away from him. And so um, all so guy, no, dude comes in. Gets up, jacks up one of his arms. He's going in for the death blow. And everyone's around the world is watching. Mom, he's going in for the death blow. And Guy <laughs> finally gets his glasses back. He's got no weapons left in his inventory. Shield. Puts up a shield. Dun, 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 dun. Camera whips around. It's Captain America shield. And then quick cut to Chris Evans in a cafe. What the crap? Like, you I have did seen not. that. I've seen that that particular you scene. You did not. And so then uh uh so then he lowers the shield. He's got a gigantic Hulk hand and he punches dude into the next block over into the next like a like wharf type of building. So he's used Captain America's shield, he uses Hulk's hand. So then Dude comes at him one more time to do this square off. Reaches in. Dun, 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 pulls out a lightsaber. And I'm going, how did you get any of this approved by Disney? Holy <laughs> crap. And so when the Avengers music hits, everyone in my theater is just going, holy crap. Legally, how did you do that? That's awesome. And then you get Captain America's cameo in there. It was one of those, like, great, huh, people celebrating in a theater again. Like, I'm sure I'm going to have that later this week with Spider-Man No Way Home. But it was one of those movies that you weren't expecting to have one of those type of moments. As a whole, Free Guy's a lot of fun. It's not my favorite movie of the year. It's got some issues, but I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, There's a random Channing Tatum cameo, which is ridiculously funny. Like, looks dead at the camera throughout the scene. It's really, really funny. But a Chris Evans cameo, a Captain America shield moment with the music cue, uh, Hulk's hand. There's a weapon from Fortnite, but I'm going, whatever. He uses the portal gun at one point. Nice. I'm just going, 
How? How did you, it's like Ready Player One except with a coherent story and more clear Ooh. storytelling. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff, I, I, you'll man. like Freak Out, but especially that moment. I have no like, doubt I will. And that, uh, that's probably re- one of the reasons I'm not like rushing to go see it. Is like I know I'm going to enjoy the crap out of it. It's that um, was a theater moment though, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I have no doubt. Um kind of pulling for straws here but uh i really like the moment in luca when he like discovers like when they're out of water they become human humans and it's just like visually it's a beautiful moment and like for him as a character is like oh wow like i can survive outside of water i can push this boundary a little bit more it's just that i like luca a lot <laughs> it's not i don't want to be like top pixar quality but like it's a good time um, and there's a lot of like visually stuff in Luca that I really, really enjoy that the race when the rain starts hitting, oh, so it just, yeah, really cool stuff. All right. We talking, uh, yep. We're diving it. in. Yeah. I man. got no other scenes. This. So, uh, yeah, I saved this one for last cause it's the only movie moment that Josh and I got to share together. Cause it was part of Josh's trip down for horror nights. We got to do horror nights, um, the first day, then we, just hung out in Orlando, went to comic book stores. Then we saw Halloween Kills. Definitely not on my list of favorite mm-hmm. movies of the year. It has problems. It's it's mid-tier Halloween. It's by no means the worst. There's been some horrible Halloween movies like Halloween Resurrection. I don't mean that. I just like see Josh riled up. Um, yeah, that hurts. No, the worst is still Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. That's train wreck. But Halloween Kills has probably some Halloween moments that make me the happiest, which sound horrible for a violent slasher movie. But the beginning of Halloween Kills is so rewarding as a Halloween fan. So spoiler alert for Halloween Kills, for the people that haven't seen it and care, uh, they set the beginning of the movie right where the original movie takes, where the original movie ends of... Michael has escaped the house and is now in the loose in 1978. And some of the cops are looking for him. Aesthetically, it looks exactly like either John Carpenter's original Halloween or even Halloween 2. The cinematography looks exactly the same. The costumes look exactly the same. Michael Myers' mask is so hard to replicate. No movie, even Halloween 2, which supposedly used the same mask, but I don't believe it. Even Halloween 2's mask looks slightly different. They've never been able to replicate the original mask quite to the extent that the original one did. This has gotten as close as we've ever seen it. That, looking at it, I'm going, that's the original 1978 Michael Myers. And then we get the Myers house. We get this great stalking scene within the Myers house. And I think it was Heather that pointed it out to us after we saw the movie because she saw it with us. She's like... So when Michael kills that cop, is that the first time we've ever seen him run? And we like stop and look and we're like, yeah. wait a second. Yeah, that's the first time we've ever seen him lunge. But it, it still makes sense in that movie because he's just trying to cover a short distance. Um, I loved that. I just love being back in the world of that original 78 because the original one means so much to yeah. me. The music fit. And then they did the impossible they brought back Dr. Loomis and it looked hella good. Really good. Like, like 
the actor that played Loomis passed away, I believe, in 96. It was during the filming of Halloween 6, I believe. Um, well, I know that, but uh, <laughs> Donald Pleasance passed away many, many, many years ago. And they basically just use a voice for Halloween 2018. I still maintain that that voice was terrible. It was a bad imitation of Dr. Loomis. So I was worried when I saw reports and heard rumors that they'd be using Dr. Loomis in Halloween Kills. I'm going, I don't know. I remember Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia in Rogue One. I don't really want a situation of that. They were so confident in how their Dr. Loomis looked. They did a wide shot. They did a close-up. They done all the shot coverage but even in the close-up i'm going that's dr loomis there's no denying that that's dr loomis and to be able to replicate the original halloween as closely as they did it kind of actually made me sad that we left it because i'm just like just remake halloween too i don't care that yeah. laurie and michael are brother yeah. and sister again just 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 do it again this this feels more like the continuation of halloween than the actual halloween 2 in 1981 like this is perfect yeah, I I remember when that movie started, and you and I are both of our jaws were like on the floor right away. Um, and as problematic as a lot of the stuff in the movie is, like it just Big John, God, Little John, best scene in the whole movie, like without a doubt, is this is just everything with Big John, Little John. It's <laughs> Big John, so, Little John, so good. Also, like, I, need, I think I need someone to make a meme of when Michael kills. I think it's Little John. The armpit? Really? Who stabs a man in the armpit? That's so rude. Like, gosh. And like this is. And they did a nice job with his house, too. Like that house looked nice. Like, he can't be mad, bro. Like, Like, I'm not even much of an interior design guy, but seeing what Big John and Little John did to the Myers house, I'm going, Wow, what's the resale value of this place? This looks really you did a really (laughs) nice job with this place. Yeah, like it's it's super nice. I just and even like, I, I just remember being blown away by that opening 10, 15 minutes of like, wow, this is like down to the film grain is so good. And so like, I don't understand how, like what, what are the technical uh, uh, ability? Like what, what did you do to replicate everything like that? Cause there's no way that you went back and shot it in, like on film and in like an older camera, like you know what I mean. Like, what did you do to re- replicate that? It, it's so fascinating to me. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping Good, that's one of the bonus stuff. features in Halloween Kills when yeah, it comes on hard copy absolutely. is like how they replicated that scene because everything's perfect. Michael has never looked better. Lonnie Elam is wearing the exact same thing as he did when Loomis scared him away from the house. Lonnie, get your ass away from there! Like he's looks exactly the same, which is fantastic. Like. I, I'm still blown away by how accurate it is to the original movie. If you told me they just filmed at that exact same filming location, I would believe you because it's so yeah. meticulously taken care of. It's so well done. Uh, any other ones before we wrap this thing up, Josh? Nah, man. I think uh, I I still need to – there's a long list of movies from this year that I need to see. Uh, so I'm sure I'll have so I'd have some more from that and definitely from this weekend whenever or whenever I eventually see uh, Spider-Man No Way No Way Home. But yeah, it's been it's been a good good comeback for movies, honestly. Yeah, we've also had a good year this year with stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from Dune, which is a movie I never thought that we'd get a remake for, uh, to while it was a colossal failure, it was cool to see visually what they could do with Mortal Kombat. Um, there's it's just like a lot of really really cool stuff came out this year, and honestly, like 2022 is going to be like so much bigger. Like, holy crap, it's, it's going to be huge. It's what it's this year was huge. hoping it would be. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that that wraps us up for 2021. What were your favorite movies or moments or even worst movies of this year? Let us know. We always like hearing from you guys. And before we wrap things up, we just want to say thanks for listening. We grew a lot this year. Uh, A lot more of you joined us along the way. You helped us cross 500 subscribers. You helped us cross 550 subscribers. So we're going to keep chugging along. We enjoy doing this, but we just want to say, want to make sure we say thank you. We hope you have a really great holiday season. We'll join you right back here in 2022 for what hopes to be the best year yet for movies, for Uncharted Media. We're going to keep trying to think of new ways to entertain and engage with you guys. Um, But yeah, thanks for sticking with us. We're unique, but we appreciate that you're always (laughs) sticking with us. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you already subscribed to us on YouTube, help us get to 600, even 700 subscribers. Maybe that should be the goal for the coming year. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.